Hey guys, brand new podcast. Yeah, I, we're, Leanne and I were just talking. She's going to this chiropractor, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really helped her back. And the pre- reason I can't go to therapy, or the reason I do therapy online, was because I don't. I resent someone I had to drive to every day. Isn't that funny? She's yeah. been so helpful. It's it's like life changing. This chiropractor. I wish she could crack my. I feel like I feel like I will. I'm going to exhale, and my shoulder's going to pop. Well. I mean, I think you my should. Scapula. I wish you would go because it's my scapula. I, I think it would help you a lot. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll go once, and if it helps, I'll go all the time. Yeah, well, it won't help the first time. It has, I wanted to do an x ray. Yeah, that's what she does in the initial visit. She doesn't even adjust you, she just does the x ray and then, like, I think you pokes just, around on you a bunch. Yeah. It's a specific type of chiropractic. And I think it's the kind I had when I was a kid. I had scoliosis, I still have scoliosis. Really? But, mm-hmm, yeah, I was diagnosed at school, and you know how they used to test you at school? Uh, yeah, they, they put a finger in your ass in the closet. Nope. That's how I got tested. Oh, I didn't go to Jesuit. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't rape me at Jesuit. No, so um, no, I got diagnosed at school. Right, you had to bend you had over. To bend over and they, naked. It, well, yeah, well, your shirt off. Your gym teacher did it, right? Yeah. At my oh, school. that's what a fucking. I know, right? But hey, she caught it, so it worked. And then my mom took me to this chiropractor for a long time to try and fix it. And she did a really good job, but I still have a slight curvature. I dated a chick who had to wear a back brace when she slept. Um, We have a friend who was supposed to wear a back brace, and she temper tantrumed, and her mother didn't make her wear it, and now she regrets it. Who? She's a camper. I know who it is. Mm Mm-hmm. I know who it is a lot. Can and if you, you listen to Leanne's podcast, you immediately know who it is. Uh, tour dates. Pittsburgh sold out this weekend. Next weekend, I am off. The weekend after that, I am off. The weekend after that, I am off. Oh, my God. That's maybe more Bert than I can handle. July 18th. Or July 19th and 20th, I'm at Hilarities in Cleveland. And then wait, Roverfest. Wait, you're off three weeks in a row? Oh, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Oh, okay. Roverfest, uh, the 21st. Come see me there. And then we're going to be in Florida, Houston Improv, the first week of August. Columbus Funny Bone, the third week of August. Hold for the what? Oh, tri- my triathlon. Fuck. Is August 11th. I got to start training. I just met with my nutritionist. Um,. She was that, nice. She's very nice. That podcast will be coming, I think, probably next week, maybe. I got to figure out. I got to talk to um, some people. I've been off the rails a tad bit, everybody. Just off the rails a tad bit. Firing hot. Look, if you're an artist, you go off the rails. You've been firing hot. I've been firing real fucking hot. Mm-hmm. Taking some deep dives. Are, what, what is it? Is Nothing. that accurate? It's very accurate. Yeah, I know. You've been deep diving into your psyche. Yeah. I think that's where I got. I don't know. I, I could blame it. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I noticed that. I'll tell you this. I walked into the Chicago theater, mm-hmm. 3,500 people. Mm-hmm. And I was hung over and I was, you know, blood sugar going off and just like, Ugh. and I, and this is what's wrong. This is what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, dead serious. This is, by the way, this is hardcore secret time. Okay. Part of me enjoyed it. Part of me thought this is how an artist should feel coming into the Hold Chicago on. theater. Hold on. You think that's a secret? Oh, yeah. I've known that forever. For real? You completely get off on this this uh, neurotic cycle that you put yourself into. For real? A hundred percent. It's an adrenaline. It's an adrenaline. It's, it's, like, it's like an addict. It's, it's the rush <laughs> of the addiction of this imbalance 
the equilibrium, disequilibrium, equilibrium, disequilibrium, that makes you high. Equilibrium all the time you are not interested in. Disequilibrium all the time you are not interested in. It is jumping from one to the other that you are interested in. You have been that way since I have known you. I can't believe that's a secret. The first time I ever drank, I didn't even drink actually. I fake drank. So this is a real... (laughs) What are you laughing at? You fake drink? <laughs> How did you fake drink? I was in eighth grade. <laughs> you you fake drinked? Okay, the first time I drank, I'm I drank sharing it in... this. I'm regretting sharing this. What did you fake drink? I don't know. They a had wine a, cooler. I was afraid to get drunk and I didn't want to die. So how did you fake drink? We did you just the like gymnasium. pour it behind your back or something? We were hi- behind the gymnasium and. Uh, <laughs> And I was with, um, I want to think, I want to say I was with like Stephen St. John uh, <laughs> and Jennifer Wilson and someone else, someone else. I wish I could remember who, maybe John Freitas. And we all went behind the stadium or behind the gym. God, I've never told anyone this in my life. Oh boy. This and is secret time. This is hardcore secret time. And they said, we've got a bottle of booze. And it was a, it was a plastic a flask that they had concocted. They had oh, they some, stole it. Stole they and then they had poured a, a little bit of all the liquors into it from their from dad's their parents, yeah. cabinet. And they were like, "You gonna hit this?" And I took. I went to take a sip, and it just touched my lips, and I didn't like the taste of it, and I didn't drink it. But I put it down. They're like, "That was a big sip." I was like, "Well, you know." Oh, and the and then I I was very comfortable. Like I was, it was bizarre, but I was very comfortable the rest of the night. I was a blast. Like I was having a good time. But you didn't drink it. I didn't drink it all. You were comfortable because you thought they thought you had drank it. So yeah. then you had a license to be whoever you want. I had a direct license. And by the way, I fake drank twice with those people. <laughs> <laughs> Two more times. One was at homecoming. You fake drank. <laughs> I fake drank. I fake I gotta be honest with you, I fake drank until I was in ninth grade. Oh. And then I God. drank for real because I was with Cayman and Alan and we were in the backyard and we were drinking natty lights. And I did, we had gotten up into a tree, and which we had, is water. Yeah. Natty light is like water. <laughs> but we had we had a couple sips of of beer, and I was trying to not. I didn't want to drink. I didn't care to drink. But then they were like, "Dude, are you not even fucking drinking?" That kind. Of, do you remember that age when yeah. they were like, "Dude, you're barely even taking. You got to drink all the fucking beer. Not wasting this shit." Yeah. And we, I drank three beers, legit. Maybe even two. Let's just say two. Uh-huh. I drank two beers. Uh huh. And then we got caught by Miss Rieger and she brought us into the house and she goes, have you boys been drinking? And and we said no. And she dumped the beers out of a bag. She had picked them up in the backyard. We just left them all over. Mm -hmm. She goes, then what are these? At that moment, I remember feeling a complete lack of caring, a complete lack of guilt. I felt like, so this is what being buzzed feels like. I was like, I don't care at all. Like I should be really terrified right now. I was like, oh, I think I like drinking, mm-hmm. and then I and then I real drank. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, what I, about the first time I drank? Yeah, I was I I was in ninth grade, and I was with Kay Walker and Kim Moore, and Kay Walker's sister was in college and your, had an your apartment. Cousin, by the way, was at my show in Chicago. Who? I don't know. Keep going. Wait, I what cousin? Or Detroit? Detroit? No. 
Detroit. I have a cousin in Detroit. I don't know. You got to look into it. Look on Facebook. Who is it? I don't know. I don't. I never got her name. A girl. Yeah, a girl. She dated your real cousin, and or she was. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't mean to interrupt your story. She dated my real cousin. I don't know your fuck. I don't know. I don't know the story. Well, this is the first time hearing of it. So yeah. Anyway, so Kay's sister was in college and had an apartment. So she invited us over. She made hamburger helper, and she had um, Boone's Farm wine so Kay and Kim and I shared a bottle of a whole bottle of Boone's Farm and I threw up hamburger helper everywhere and I called my dad and and my dad was calling her apartment to find me and I wouldn't come to the phone because I was vomiting so finally he called over and over again when he came to the phone he was like I think I, I said I think I ate some really bad hamburger helper I've been throwing up forever I was so drunk, I could not see straight. We drank, the three of us drank that whole bottle by ourselves, which is a lot for a first time. I weighed 90 pounds. I was tiny. I didn't throw up. My first time I threw up from drinking was, I was terrified of throwing up. By the way, the thing I meant to tell you, the secret Well, the first time I drank, I threw up, so there's nothing to fear. The the first time I fake drank. Yeah. The next day. You fake hungover? Shut up. Oh my God, you might be psychotic, psychopathic. I was walking through Moss Brothers with my mom. What's Moss Brothers? It's like a gross uh, fucking... Like an apartment store? What's the matter? These are like, these are things I've never told. I'm mean, so embarrassed of. Why are you told. embarrassed? I've it's just, hysterical. I didn't, I don't find it funny. I find it fucking psychotic. Why? I, do. I was walking through Moss Brothers and I remember there was a girl that was a little bit older that looked at me and I was like, you don't know how I get down. Like, I remember thinking, like, I'm so fucking hungover. I didn't even really drink. I didn't even really drink. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, you, you know, I was listening to another podcast. (sighs) Oh, my God. And this guy said something in the podcast that I immediately thought of you. What was it? He said, people become actors because this world is not enough for them. They need more Mm -hmm. than this world can provide. And I think I was like, that is actually Bert Kreischer's psyche. Like just the normalcy of this world is not enough. That's mm-hmm. why you live in your imagination. You write jokes and you take a simple trip ziplining and make it this massive story because this world is not enough. And I think as a kid, you probably just lived in your imagination because what was going on in the world was just not stimulating enough. I definitely lived in my imagination. You still do. I mean, I, I, we got an argument this morning because I told you something twice that you didn't hear me. <laughs> I live in my imagination. You do. And it's hard for people who aren't in the imagination with you sometimes because like this morning when I said, you don't have to pick them up, I've got them. And then you're getting stressed out thinking you have to pick our children up when I said twice, you don't have to, I've got them. Yeah. It's confusing for the a pip, the other person. Where I actually said it and you were looking at me and I thought you were listening. So I thought you got that message. But you don't because you're so deep in your psyche. And I think it's, it's people, no, not most people do not live like that. Most people don't live so deep in their psyche they can't hear the person standing in front of them talking to them. I just did that to you in the kitchen in there. You've, you, that's why you're in a deep dive right now. You're firing hot and you're, this I've is. gain weight. Well. That's, that's, and that's connected with my, I'm, I. Uh, you have gained weight. You have gone off the rails. You've been eating like a lunatic. I mean, you know what I can tell when I go off the rails is I start ordering two meals. Well, yeah. 
Uh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that is a duh. That's it's a, duh. a massive duh. Nobody orders two meals ever. That and the <sighs> fact that every time you go to Gelson's, you come home with a minimum of four candy bars. Also an indicator. When you start piling up on candy bars at the checkout aisle, you need to stop yourself and go, Who Hold gets on. one candy bar? Why not get a few? I don't so ever have... buy a candy bar. Ever. Ever. I never if consciously buy go buy four a heaths, candy bar. Four scores and four four Butterfingers. And then you proceed to eat them uh, within the next 24 hours. Maybe I need a fucking... I don't know. All right. Medication. Can I tell you what's crazy? I talked to my nutritionist today. Nutritionist. She, nutritionist. Anyway, she was talking about the foods, kind of foods I should eat. Yeah. And they were in line with Blue Apron. Were they? Today's sponsor, in line with Blue Apron. Not Blue surprised. Apron might be the way that I just lose weight because what Blue Apron does is pretty much what my nutritionist said yeah. is how I should eat. It's portion control and balance. Blue Apron's a sponsor of this podcast and they are the number one farm fresh ingredients step-by-step recipe delivery service to your door their mission to make incredible home-cooked meals accessible to everyone and they do this by supporting a more sustainable food system setting the highest standards for ingredients and building a community of at-home chefs they've got three meal plans the two-person meal plan which we don't do because we're four people but don't worry don't hold your breath we're coming up to that the two-person meal plan serves two people choosing from eight new recipes per week with the choice of receiving either two or three new recipes per week i might just eat blue apron this afternoon for lunch why not there's an awesome honey mustard chicken it's a honey mustard chicken with i think pearled couscous and I can do couscous. No, oh, no, 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 I'm no, sorry. No, no. Roasted potatoes and uh, veggies. That podcast, okay. Uh, they have the family meal plan. Serves four people, choosing from four new recipes per week with the choice of receiving two to three, four re- recipes any week. And the wine meal plan. I've had a glass of wine. I want a glass of wine tonight. I got to fucking work tonight. Oh, you are Six dummy. bottles of wine from renowned winemakers delivered monthly. Uh I love Blue Apron. It's inexpensive, meaning that it's less than $10 per person, which you cannot find at a grocery store to get all these ingredients. These are chefs. The one we had last night was Christy Teigen's meal, and it was fucking awesome. I did not expect a lot from Christy Teigen. Why? I just assumed. That's really not cool. I just, I'm sorry. She's awesome. I know, but like, she's beautiful. I don't know her. Okay. She's very kind of, I think she's pretty real. I don't know her other than the host of that dancing, that sing-along show. Yeah. I don't know her more than that. Yeah. So that's all I've gotten to see of her. I don't know what else she does. Is like, she a radio host or something? No. She's married to John Legend. Oh. It's kind of like me. She's like me. Married to a celebrity, right? These meals are convenient. (laughs) They can be cooked in under 45 minutes, and they are flexible. They get 12 new recipes a week, and you can pick from those. Uh... I say this ad nauseum, but a family who eats together stays together. We eat every dinner together. Last night, I was doing Joey's podcast, and I came home, and we didn't get to eat together, but you know what was great is I was eating after they had all eaten, and it was a salad, 
and they would say, hey, what did you think of the salad tonight, Dad? And I said, good. And they go, did you put the fried wontons on? Like, it just was a conversation starter. Yeah, it still that, was a conversation. For a reason for your kids to talk to you, if this meal does that, that's fucking... It's that's, worth every penny. It's worth every fucking penny. Mm-hmm. It's great service. I love I love not having to think about two meals a week. I just go to the fridge and pull out the ingredients and cook it. And know that if you get that two-person meal plan you and you're a single dude, you can get that. And that can be your meal and then the next day's meal. You don't have to do it back to back. That day's, that's lunch and next day's lunch. And dinner and next day's dinner. Yeah, totally. And they're in, I'm telling you right now, we talk about this on the podcast next week a little bit, but my true nutritionist is like pretty much that is dialed into what you need to eat. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free at blueapron.com slash BurtCast. That's blueapron.com slash BurtCast to get your first three meals for free, Blue Apron. A better way to cook. A better way to live. Yeah. I would argue. Yeah. Better way to eat dinner. Here's the recipes I got coming up. Creamy caramelized onion burgers with an apple pickle pepper pedaling. What? Christy Teigen. We just had that one last night. Roasted garlic drum. Roasted drum. Chicken drum strips with cauliflower with orzo. No one can understand what you're saying. Spicy penne pasta with uh, zucchini and kippers. You're goofy. This podcast, this podcast is also brought to you by Lisa Mattresses. By the way, we're buying a new one. We're going to end up buying the California King of Lisa because I'm my back's been hurting on this mattress we're using now, and I want a brand new mattress. Do Georgia you? has the best mattress she does. in the house. She does. You know what I like about her Georgia's mattress? Georgia's mattress is a Lisa mattress. I like about her Lisa mattress is that it's cooling, and you my friend, sleep with 18 blankets and a down comforter. It and I kills me. I sweat sometimes. I sweat profusely when I sleep in there with you because, you know, sometimes I sleep on the bottom bunk because people snore. Listen to this. This is going to blow you the fuck away. Is it? I went to go check to check out Lisa Mattresses Yeah. Uh, online. I'll do the read in a second. I'm sure the read is more important than what I'm sharing, but they're California King. Mm-hmm. It's eleven hundred dollars, almost twelve hundred dollars. Not bad, really. not bad well, at all. There's going to be a saving if you uh, if you um, listen. You get one hundred twenty five dollars off. It, it, I'll tell you that in the read. This is what blew me away: six, almost seventeen thousand reviews, mm-hmm. four and a half stars. That's amazing. That really is amazing. You can't you can't cook the books on that. No, the uh, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, when you see that many five star <laughs> reviews. That is when you know. By the way, they're saying, okay, I'll do the read now. Spring into a better night's sleep and get $125 off at lisa.com slash BurtCast. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash BurtCast. That is the deepest discount they've ever offered. Um, So that would make roughly $1,100. No, no. It would make it $975. No, no, no. It's because it's almost $1,200 for that California King. Oh, um, well, yeah. still, that's a great discount. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's amazing discount. That's an amazing discount. And there's a, here's the pluses that I need to share with you. For every mattress, one mattress is donated. For every 10 mattresses sold. And one tree is planted for every order received. That's a dickload of trees. Yeah. And that's a lot of mattresses. Yeah. How many? 23,000 mattresses donated thus far. Wow. 11,000 five-star reviews. You cannot cook the books on that. Lisa Mattresses loved by 
300,000 happy sleepers and counting. And one of them is on our house and she loves that goddamn yeah, mattress. Yeah, she does. She and she loves the pillow. She out. She has a pillow too and she loves their Lisa pillow. Oh, they've got, they've got, it's a three core technology. They've got one for your body, one for the cooling, one for the comfort, I think. The fucking mattress is phenomenal and we're buying one. We're buying one. They're a sponsor of the podcast. We are buying one because that is how much everyone likes sleeping in Georgia's. We call Georgia's room the cave because there's one window. It's bu- it's bucked up next to the trees. So you can shut the blinds in her. It is pitch black. They've got a separate cooling system in that side of the house. So you can crank up her cooling system, get in her Lisa mattress with a Lisa pillow and zonk out. If you take a Xanax with that, <laughs> goodbye, everybody. <laughs> This is a socially conscious company with a mission to end bedlessness in America. They were designed to support and and pressure relief. They were designed to provide support and pressure relief to every body type and every sleeper for a deeper night's sleep. And so once again, get $125 off your mattress at lisa.com slash burtcast. lisa.com slash burtcast. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash BurtCast. Lisa. What do you think? That's good. my new logline. Very, very good. Very good. Lisa. Actually, you probably wouldn't like that because you're snoring. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is it. Lisa. <sighs> no, you get. No, no, not that. The ones that folded. Oh. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by my buddy, Ned. Ned is over at Laughable. Laughable, uh, if if the Laughable app, this is Ned's read. By the way, this is a read that I don't need it to be 100% perfect. So I will, this is, I said to Ned, I go, hit me up every now and then when you want a podcast read. I'm a vested uh, owner in this company. I have a percentage that I own in this company. It's a, It's a podcast app. It's a really fucking great podcast app. And yeah, they set it's it up awesome. so that you can buy uh, tickets for their shows on the app and that you can buy merchandise on that app. Oh, so, really? That's yeah. awesome. Um, and here, here's his Ned, his uniqueish spiel number two. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do this conversational. Okay. If the laughable iPhone app has turned you into a fan of a certain comic, do me a favor and tweet at that comic or leave an Instagram comment on their post just telling them, hey, I'm a fan and I found you through Laughable. That comic will hear, will love hearing from you and it'll help spread the word about Laughable, which many of you know I work with and I really believe in. I fucking love Ned. Do that. Hit up comics that you found on Laughable and let them know you found them on Laughable. Do it on iTunes or do it on uh, on Instagram. Do it on Twitter. Tell them you enjoy the app and let the comics know that because that, it really does help. And well, Ned's a good guy and it's a good app. It's a good app. Um, it's a good app. It's the number one iPhone. It's another one, another one podcast app, I think, in the iPhone store. That's amazing because what's cool about it is if you are on Anna Ferris's podcast yeah and you go on there and search Bert Kreischer it comes up on all the podcasts you've been on so you can discover new podcasts you can find your favorite comic what's everywhere really they great go. about it is I think I've done like 20 Joe Rogans mm-hmm. and you can literally find Joe Rogan all of the ones I've done mm-hmm. and so if you pair it up with certain dates you'll be like oh that was when that was going on right it really is fucking phenomenal it's a great app so 
Those are the sponsors. This is the podcast. That was a little long. I apologize. Leanne and I got into a little bit of a conversation up front. And I know some people go, bro, 30 minutes of intro reads. No, it's first of all, it's a 15 minute conversation with my wife that sometimes is funny and humorous. And if you don't like it, skip forward. I understand it, but just take a big leap forward. Um, But I think people enjoy those. And I know that I enjoy them when I hear them on podcasts. Today's podcast is Jamie Kilstein. For those of you who don't know, Jamie Kilstein had a uh, podcast called Citizen Radio. Him and his ex-wife, we talk about that on the podcast. His Jamie Kilstein was a social justice warrior. I think it's fair to say that, right, Halston? You listen to the podcast. He was a feminist, male feminist, social justice warrior, um, progressive. And then uh, the rug got pulled out from under him because he was also a regular dude. Um, I don't, I, I didn't really get too much. I, I, I read, I think I read most of the articles. I didn't get too much into all the accusations made against him. Cause they, in my opinion, when I heard them, they sounded like regular accusations against dudes. Um, uh, he was trying to fuck somebody. I think that was one of the ones that he got in trouble. Him and his wife had an open relationship. The whole thing was his brand didn't match the podcast he was attached to. And, and, and at times his callers would say, you know what? Listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast. I'm gonna, I don't know why I'm telling you stuff that you're going to hear. But here's the one thing you should know when we talk about, which is is mostly fascinating. He did have a falling out with the Joe Rogan experience with Redman and Joe a little bit to some extent ba- because of his podcast. And we talk about that. And it's fascinating because rem- I remember when that happened and all the eccentricities that happened within it. And we share that. He's a great dude. He's a very solid dude. He's on his comeback. He is in his salad days. He is figuring shit out in his life, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm envious of the self discovery he will he he is destined to find in these next few years. I I wish I am sure I could find that same self discovery. Quit drinking, Bert. Um, but uh, but he's a great guy. So I hope you enjoy the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today's podcast, Jamie Kilstein. Wait, where did you grow up? Uh, Jersey. Did you really? Yeah. I always thought you grew up somewhere more like New Hampshire. That sounds right. Or like Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you've got that vibe. Jersey's always tough. Jersey has a weird like broad stroke of what people think Jersey is. Yeah. But then you get such different people that come out of Jersey. Dude, every time I meet someone in LA and they say they're from Jersey, I instantly get so excited and not once have I known where the fuck they're talking about. I'm like, where yeah. are you from? And like, we just have no idea. It's so separate. I feel like there's like a couple mile radius outside of New York where it's the cliche Jersey stereotype that yeah. everyone thinks. And then other than that, like it's a giant fucking state. I remember when I was a kid, I remember everyone shitting on Jersey. Cause mm-hmm. I grew up when I was a kid, uh, was when the needles were washing on shore. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, not only that, did you guys have the rumor or was this just a Jersey thing? There is, I remember as a child, everyone said that people were putting AIDS needles in movie theater seats and in no. payphone change things. No. And so you just thought like AIDS needles were everywhere. And I was just afraid to touch anything. Dude, I thought they, that there was a, there was a club called Masquerades. Okay. And they changed the name to Massive AIDS. Perfect. And and it was basically I, I really am I'm really frustrated at the way media takes something like AIDS yeah. and, and really stigmatizes it in such a way and lies about it and yeah. lies to everyone. Yeah. And so that you get to your place now where you realize, oh, if 
I mean, and obviously it wasn't this way in the 80s and early 90s, or probably up until like 97 maybe yeah. when Magic Johnson got it. But now it's like a very livable disease. Like it's Yeah. Well, number one, uh, when you said that, that just made like Magic Johnson is essentially the poster boy for like AIDS and yeah. being okay, which is like a very bizarre place to be. But I, yeah, that's a really good point where imagine like trying to live with this like horrible disease and already having the stigma. And then every time you turn on like some like trash local news, it's like, will you get AIDS sitting down at a movie theater? And, and it's like, fuck. Dude, I, I really, it changed the way I had sex because I didn't want to get AIDS. Right. And I thought everyone had AIDS. I thought everyone, <laughs> I really sincerely thought my, one of my, one of my best friends growing up yeah. uh, had sex with a lot of women. Let's yeah. just call him Jeff. Sure. You can find him on my Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Under Jeff. And I was like, dude, you, you got to slow down. You're going to get AIDS. Yeah. And I remember him laughing at me. I remember my buddy Hutch going like, bro, you can only get, I mean, we're not getting AIDS in Tallahassee. Right. Like it's not <laughs> happening. It's not like you guys have the immunity, but like, no, but his theory was like, like you're not having sex with intravenous drug users right. or heroin addicts or having gay sex it's not gonna happen to us and i remember being like dude that is your thinking is how it spreads and ultimately he was a hundred fucking percent right that's so funny did you ever ask a girl like i know <clears throat> like were you ever did you ever like before you slept with them were oh, you nervous enough were you yeah. like <laughs> did you like slip it in were you like so aids is in the news or did I, you just straight I, up no i <laughs> i've had such limited sexual activity yeah, yeah, yeah. in my life mostly because of aids but I, I heard this thing i heard this i isn't that crazy that because the only of other AIDS, person who has said that is someone who has aids yeah. you're the only person who doesn't have aids that is like i've only slept with six people because of aids dude there are gay men that have had more unprotected sex with me and that was yeah and then like i'm just was like no man i don't want to get aids I also For, think- I slept after the uh the one of the first I mean I had that same fear you did. I would literally like touch the movie theater seats like I bought into all that shit, but I uh um one of the first girls I slept with, because I was just like a sad virgin until I was 17. Oh, by the um, way, I was a sad virgin too until yeah, 17. Yeah, oh, totally. And I uh, I was doing a guest spot at the Stress Factory. So I'm like... If Wait, you, when did you start comedy? I started comedy... I dropped out of high school and started comedy when I was like 17. You dropped out of high school? Yeah. So I should have graduated in 2000. So I guess I started in like 99. Oh my God. I started in 97. Uh, well, I started technically... I'm, 40, I'm 45 and I started... On my 26th birthday, so I've been doing it 19 years exactly, almost, almost coming up 20 years this year. Straight. See, I, I can't tell people I did it that long because I'm like the first year I was barely getting spots, and then I had so many like fucking panic attack breaks of like. Oh really? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I disappeared last year, so I'm like I probably I'll tell people like 14, 15 years, but like yeah. technically it's been like a no, bit you got. I think you should tell them from when you started to now. Yeah, because then that also references where you're at. Meaning like, like, uh, like, cause there's guys that are, they've been only doing it four years, but they get up so much. You're like, you've only been doing it. You're, so you're right, like, right, 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 and right. so then if you go, you've been doing it four years, but I only get up twice a week. You're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Right, right, um, right. Wait, have you been doing stand up since? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I started doing guest spots at the Stress Factory. Oh my God, wait, we have to get back to your, you asked a girl my if you had AIDS, AIDS yeah. thing. Yeah. Cause I, I was so cautious about all that stuff. Um, but then this girl came up to me and dude, I think she was all of the AIDS things minus like a gay man in the eighties. Like yeah. she, 
she was hot. That's not an AIDS thing. Um, she. Uh, no, it was in my book. <laughs> if you were hot, you probably had AIDS. <laughs> like ugly people definitely didn't have AIDS, but I was definitely like hot people. Man, I had such a stick stigma. I, I, I want to. I'm gonna f- obsess about stigma right now because I listened to a podcast yesterday yeah. about stigma and how stigma has the, the them placing stigma on things and shame has structured the way we look at things for instance addiction yeah, yeah. heroin oh addiction and 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 it's so funny because i've had friends with drinking problems and i think people could argue that i drink too much or yeah. i have a drinking problem but i don't really give a fuck it's my life i'll do whatever i want to do <laughs> as long good. as my family's cool with where i'm at i'm cool with where i'm at that's a really good way to look but at that's it, the stigma yeah. is like people like I've seen it happen is it's in a weird way. It's the thing you see people go into rehab and then come out and there's a stigma to them. Yeah. I remember there was a guy that was a writer for a sitcom who I was really good friends with. Yeah. And we were, no, I will not say his name. (laughs) And we were at a party and he was like, his wife had struggled with addiction. Yeah. And he had seen her struggle with it and he had been through her struggle with it and we were at a party and I was like, I was like, hey man, what are you drinking? I'll go get your drink and he was like, I'm not drinking right now. I said, really? And I was blown away. He was a big drinker. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm not drinking. And I was like, why not? He's like, I, can I not just drink? And I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. totally cannot drink. Like, I'm sorry. I just know that me and you drink all the time so I just thought you were going to drink too. And so I came back with a drink. He was like, okay. I quit drinking like six months ago, but I'm not telling anyone I quit drinking because I don't want that fucking, that brand of like, if you now have a drink, mm-hmm. you've fucked up. Um, one of my friends is a producer out here and she told me that her life insurance was more expensive. She's been sober for like over a decade, um, but because she was in rehab, uh, oh, they jacked up her life insurance. That. It was like, motherfucker, she did the right thing. There are more people. And I think that too, when it comes to... Uh, sex, drugs, suicide. When it comes to all that stuff, it's like that's why people don't reach out more is because there is the stigma. Or when you get released from jail and you have no fucking qualifications because you've been yeah. in jail for 15 fucking years and then you come out and you can't get a job because they were like, you're in jail. Well, it's like, well, if jail is truly for what we say it is, which is rehabilitation, yeah. you need to give them a chance or else they're just going to do the shit they're good at. It's the stigma. It's it's the fucking, the brand of like, of this is now what you are. Yeah. And, and, and I just, I don't subscribe to that. That's why, like, I'm not drinking right now, but yeah. I'm just, but that's, by the way, I, there aren't enough people that understand it, like, that understand, like, oh, yeah, you can go and have a big fucking weekend with your friends and booze morning to night, smoke weed, yeah. take mushrooms, whatever you want to do, and then you can come home Monday and be like, I'm, I'm I guess on the wagon or I'm, I'm just not drinking because I'm training for I'm a triathlon. Go running. I'm going to go. Yeah, exactly. I, this God, this might not be interesting to literally anybody but you, but I quit drinking. Not only did I quit drinking, I wrote an article, <laughs> hilariously enough for Jezebel, I wrote an article that like went viral. Um, I went on like NPR about it. This was like a couple years ago, ago about quitting drinking and about also thinking I have like uh, issues with eating, with like binge eating and stuff. Oh, and it I was, definitely have issues with yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I... Definitely have issues with that. And it's that that same like addictive feeling, right? Like, dude, I have called Chinese restaurants like for delivery and they're like anything else. And I'm like, uh, I'm going to, and I'll order a dessert and then I'll go, no, 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 wait, I don't want the dessert. And then I'll like hang up and I'll be like, I did it. And then I'll call them back and I'll be like, put it on. So like, but it's those same sort of back and forths. And so I stopped drinking for three years. um, And then I realized that I started drinking again sort of casually yeah. and I started training more which really helped the food stuff. You were stuff. drinking in when we were in Arizona, right? 
Uh, yes. And, yeah, I was, yeah. and I was not drinking. And you were not drinking. And I was fucking bummed. Yeah, it was so funny. The first time I hung out with you, or the second time, I guess, technically, I hung out with you, you were sober. And then when I did Rogan's show, he was sober, too, because it was for Sober October. It was like yeah. the trail end of that. And, um, and I started drinking again, and I was fine. And there was part of me that realized that I think the reason that... And this is kind of the stigma in another direction. I mean, my mom's like a, a rager alcoholic. She's been sober for a year, which is great. But like, it was really rough growing up. And, but I think part of the reason with that is I was so depressed. I had no fucking friends. I wasn't doing stand-up anymore. I was in a marriage that was falling apart. I blamed myself for everything. Like since the high school dropout, it was like the stigma of like, you are the fuck up. You do the bad things. High school things. dropout. The high yeah. school dropout. That's a that's a stigma that comes with that is like right. my buddy Spencer. My buddy Spencer. I'm gonna say his full name, and I know he wouldn't like this. Yeah. But is my buddy Spencer Ford dropped out of high school? <clears throat> no, no, no. I'm sorry. Kind of dropped out of high school. I think maybe maybe he didn't drop out of high school at all. Oh, like but he didn't back. go to co- yeah. he didn't go to college. Okay. He didn't go to college. He left Jesuit. Went to a public high school. I think. God damn it! My fucking memory is so bad. Anyway, <laughs> he didn't go to college. I know that for a fact. Yeah. And then he started a business. Like four years, five years after that, and it was one of the. It is one of the most successful businesses in in Tampa, in all of Florida. Yeah, Spencer's might be one of my most successful friends I've ever had. And by the way, um, doesn't party anymore. But but just kind of yeah. one of those guys that just was like he didn't go like I need to get into rehab. He just and Spencer used to fucking party. Yeah, Spencer used to party <laughs> so fucking hard. Yeah, Spencer went to one of my shows one time and got kicked out. And he was so fucking drunk. Jesus, him and Sal up on the top. Anyway. He is, I watch, I mean, he has the greatest fucking life. I look at his Instagram and he's fishing every weekend with his kids. Oh my God. Divorced, but very happily, like amicable divorce. Fucking divorce. I think dating. Yeah. yeah. So like doesn't party. I, I don't know. I don't think he does anything really anymore, but he fishes. Yeah, man. He went to, he got, he went back to college, got his master's in like business and now works still for his company that he started. And it, I'm like, so I look at him and I go, and then I, I was partying with, not partying, but me, him and, and another really close friend of mine. Um, uh, we're all sitting at, at a memorial of some sort. Uh, some one of our friends had passed, and I was like, and I was like, all I could think was, I was really sad our friend had passed, and I was like, I'm ready to get a bottle of wine, go down, go down to the beach, and just fucking drink my misery away. Yeah. And um, Spencer was like, you don't have to, you can just go to bed. I was like, Jeez. what? Like, there's no rehab talking this. No. And he's like, you can, you can just go to bed. Like, yeah. you can just lay in bed and you'll end up falling asleep and you'll wake up in the morning. And you'll and feel then, better. You'll feel better. You'll feel better than you did at night. Yeah. And it'll suck at times. But, and he, and he was just like, super easy, Bert. It's yeah. super easy. And I was like, in my head, I was like, no, I know it's super easy. But at the time, I was like, I'm dealing with shit. I don't know if I can deal with it without booze. Yeah. And I think, I think I ran my life like that for a little bit. And now I just go, and now I just hear Spencer's head in my voice in my head like last night. Just just don't drink. And yeah, like, man. Oh, yeah, I just going to go to bed. Yeah, and I think that like being self-aware and being honest with yourself <laughs> is such a rare quality. But I think when when you know things are getting out of control to be able to pull back. Yeah. And, like I still do that where I'm like, oh, oh, I drank for the wrong reason last night. It wasn't like a fun thing. Like, yeah, I was sad or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm like train extra hard this week or I'm going to, you know, not drink till the weekend or, 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 or whatever. But I, I used to like Wikipedia, all the famous comics who dropped out of high school or who didn't go to college. Dude, like I do, man, we have so many similarities. Oh, I know. I used to judge my success on a timeline the way Tiger Woods judged his against Jack Nicholas. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> so Dane got um, premium blend yeah. when he was 20. Oh shit. I'm older than Dane. No, I'm, I'm younger than Dane. Yeah. So I got one year to get premium blend. Okay. I got premium blend at the same. <laughs> 
same age Dane got it. Yeah. I, I and I and Dane was like the gold standard when I was coming up yeah, in comedy. Of and I do that with food. We went we stopped at this place on the ride home yesterday. Yeah. And uh I was like, Well, I want a cheeseburger, but but I'm I'm doing this intermittent fasting. Oh, so, yeah, I've just been like reading up on that. It's a lot like an eating disorder. That's what it sounds it's like. A, I listen to a fucking podcast. By the way, <clears throat> shout out to all the fucking I I have so many fucking thoughts on this, but like I listened to a podcast the other day where a expert told me, told another expert that I listened to that if you don't eat for 24 hours, you will definitely lose weight. (laughs) That's literally what we teach high school girls not to do. And And I'm sitting there going, First of all, no shit. Second of all, this isn't a healthy lifestyle. Oh my God. Like, and, and I talked to Brendan Schaub about it and Brendan and I were like, it's, it gets in your fucking head where you're like, I go yesterday, I, I didn't eat for like 16 hours. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm cool. I was like, I'm going to push it. And then I'm like, all right, I'm at 17 hours. Now I'm at 20 hours. Which by the way, that's the addictive personality working in a different direction. In, of, in, in, in what you could you're claim You're trying to healthy. be healthy. Right, yeah, right, right, but, right. But it's not healthy. And then I go to this fucking Shots Roadhouse bar and grill. Yeah. And I go to get a cheeseburger. I'm like, bro, one cheeseburger is not sustaining this body. Right. I'm going to get, I'm going to get two. I'm going to get the jalapeno. Because yeah, you're fucking starving. I'm starving. Well, that's why whenever I've had to weight cut for like a fight or whatever, I look at like menus. Like I look at menus like it's like porn. So I would assume the same bro, fucking thing would happen. When I was losing weight for Tom and my weight challenge. Yeah. All I watched was uh, uh, yeah. diners, drive-ins, and dives oh, yeah. as porn, as Dude. just going like, one day I'll eat that shit. Yep. Not now, yep. not now. Yep. But I'm fuck. Get on the treadmill. I'm fucking. Dude, tearing I would shit have up. the laptop open. My ex wife would be asleep. I would have the shame glow of like the same kind of Pornhub glow. But it was literally I was looking at menus of restaurants yeah. that I'm gonna go to the day after I fight, and I, I started planning in advance. I mean, I still kind of do that. Like I know what I'm gonna have on my cheat day. See, I know what I'm gonna have on a I weekend. Have, I have, I have, I have. The shame thing is really, um, is really an interesting. Shame is such an interesting, um, almost emotion or or interaction Mm -hmm. because you know, secret time. (laughs) I have, uh, I when I ran the LA marathon, I ended up gaining ten pounds immediately after. Oh yeah, I couldn't walk, I couldn't run, I couldn't work out for like a month. I do that after fights. Yeah, yeah, and I would not call in my spots to the store because I was embarrassed that I had put on 10 pounds. Whoa. And I was afraid that everyone would start looking at me going, oh, the guy's got no self-control. And then it would go back to... And then, and, and I, and I, it became, it became really unhealthy. And then like, and then I went up one time and I was like, I'm not going to take my shirt off on stage, which by the way, I do anywhere, anywhere. Right. I, and it makes me feel comfortable. I, it is genuinely an extension of my personality. It, it is how I like to do comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't take my shirt off one night because I was embarrassed. Whoa. And I was like, beca- because. Like the kid be- who jumped in the pool with a shirt on. Dude. And it's all, it's all, you know, all, all, we're all ball busters. Yeah. You know, it's like from every one of my friends. And I, and I'm, when I mean friends, I mean like. Every single one of us. And I, you know, Whitney would never make fun of me for being overweight. But if we're all in the back and we're all busting balls, yeah. of course she would. And why wouldn't she? Sure. And so, and, and so, and there's a lot of people that I, that I, I care about their opinions. Segura is always going to make fun of me for being fat. Yeah. Even if I am fat, Segura, Tom and Joe are going to say I'm fat regardless if I'm fat or not. <laughs> but when I really did gain 10 pounds, I started going, oh, these other people like Dalia or Shab or Callan right. or, or any fucking one else, Joey, might really go, oh, he really is getting fat again. And then you actually would have probably gotten pissed off deep down because I hurt of the feelings. shame. And Yeah, exactly. And that shame fucks with your head because you go, 
And then you start intermittent fasting and you're like, what am I like? What am I doing? I'm hungry. Yeah, I actually heard um, and I cannot uh, back this, um, but I heard from a couple trainers and a couple like nutrition experts that if so say you're eating really healthy all week, right? And then you freak out and you're just like, God, I just fucking want pizza and beer. Every time I would go to the store to hang out, that Joe's pizza down the street, I would like just drive by it and be like, I'm not going to do it tonight. Drive by it. And then yeah. I would get, because I wasn't like, I'm a fucking grown ass man and I train like you train. Like I'm going to go have two slices of pizza. By the time I cave, I'm like, fuck it. And then I have like six slices of pizza. I eat two of them on the way home, like in the car. Oh, dude, dude. And uh, yeah. I... I ordered three fucking pizzas for my family last night because I knew that if I ordered just two, we might eat all of them. Yeah. And I and I wanted and to you have would a, angrily watch your daughters as they went for another slice, knowing that like you can't have that slice anymore. Eat your fucking crust. Yeah, man. Don't you're not allowed to go back and just eat all the good shit mm-hmm. and then leave all the fucking crust. No. Eat your, I want the good shit too, but I'm eating my crust. Be fair. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so uh but I heard that and this kind of makes sense that um uh, what jumps up in your body when you're like stressed cortisol yeah. where if you are just like fucking self-hating when you're eating the food if you're just like I'm a piece of shit and you start to stress about it wait I'm sorry you, isn't that called eating I, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you mean when you're crying and shaking and shoving pizza down your stupid when face when you can't stop and you, you watch your hand go to your face yeah. going stop it what are you doing no but if you just go you know what today's a fucking night I'm just gonna drink a beer and have this pizza you might put on less weight because all the like stress endorphins in your body aren't going crazy and like holding on to that fat and I like hurt my knee in jujitsu last week and I didn't train and I definitely ate shitty because it was like it was like my birthday and like I was like just feeling crap whenever I can't train I go totally back off the wagon and I was like you know what I'm not going to give a fuck about this I just moved I'm injured I've been training hard I'm just going to enjoy this week and like I didn't put on any weight and I've put on 15 pounds in a weekend, man. Yeah. Like you're 10 pounds. Like I put on 15 pounds in a weekend. Where are you training in jujitsu? Uh, at Henzo Gracie's in LA. Okay. Which, uh, is that the one out in Torrance? No, that's, um, that's Henry Huron's that, place. Yeah, 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 yeah. I train, uh, Henzo Gracie's. It's like the, the John Danaher, uh, Gordon Ryan, Gary Tonin, uh, extension Henzo, in LA. For, if, I, I forgive my ignorance, but Henzo, Helio, no, Helio's a dad. Helio's a dad. Who's the one that um that Henner? No, Henner and Huron are like the Torrance guys. I know the they're kind of like business. Yeah, I fought those yeah, guys. Yeah. And then um, I do like how I dropped that. I fought those guys. I fought those guys. I fucked them up. Uh, no, they fucked me up bad. They choked me out. They're really good. Yeah, they're really cool. They're dudes. very nice. I wish I, could. I like them a lot. I'd love to have them on the podcast. If they ever want to come out and be on the podcast, I did an episode oh, with them. I'll text them when I leave. They'll totally do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I did an episode of Hurt Bert with them, and they, Amazing. them and their dad oh, yeah. just oh. choked me out and fucked me up. Dude, they'll do the podcast in a heartbeat. I feel like they just did like Russell Brand's podcast. Does Russell Brand have a podcast? Yeah. I feel yeah, like, or maybe like they that. interviewed him. I don't know. And so, and so, but. Uh, who did Eddie Bravo tap? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when Joe was there, uh, it was Helian uh, Gracie. No, no, no. It was he, a oh, uh, uh, Hoyler, he, Hoyler, 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 Hoyler. Yeah, he, uh, that, he did the documentary Choke on Hoyler, right? Yes. Oh no, no, no. Choke was Hicks and Gracie. It, okay. Yeah, so many Gracies, so many Arnie. There are so many there fucking so, Gracies. Dude, they would just like fuck and like fuck the maids and the wives and just they're like, just like we have to spread jujitsu and the wives are like, okay, <laughs> if it's for jujitsu. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys, those guys are pretty badass. Um, oh, the way jujitsu started uh, about how literally they would just like put ads in newspapers that were like, think you're tough, come to this corner on the beach and then they would beat the shit out of the guys using jujitsu and then they would sign them up for lessons. I just used jujitsu in a fight last night in a dream. 
<laughs> I got so excited. I was like, back up. There's a fight this story. This guy, I dropped my phone and it broke. And then okay. this uh, black guy came. I don't know. Why does he got to be black in the dream, Bert? Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. I am genuinely fucking racist. Subconsciously. I have no fucking idea. But it was a black guy. <laughs> and he had fucking bowed out arms. Yeah. And he goes, oh, your phone's broken. And he pushed it and broke it more. And I go, bro. And he goes, what are you going to do? What are you going to fucking do? And he threw a punch. And I grabbed his arm. And I threw my arm, my legs around his arm. And I put him in an arm You did bar. like a flying arm bar? I did that's a flying am- arm oh, bar. Amazing. And pulled him to the ground. And I go, I watch a lot of podcasts, motherfucker. <laughs> My I'm friends like, are comics, but they're the only ones who do jujitsu. God. Oh, that's so, so funny. Yeah. But how long have you been training jujitsu? Uh, so I started, I started jujitsu because I bombed so bad in Scotland one day. Well, so I did MMA when I was like 17 to like 21 oh, or something. That's right. I remember you told, yeah. And then... Uh, I lived on the road for a while and just completely like derailed and was just drinking and eating crappy and not like even jogging or anything. And then I was back in New York and I went to the Fringe Festival when I was like 28. And um, they they do these things uh, called like late night shows. And late night shows are essentially a way for comics to make a living if they're like losing money, like putting up their like theater shows or whatever. Where uh, late you, and live. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You get paid 600 bucks to do yes, a fucking yes. show. Yes, I think that's where I went. It was in the uh, Gilded Balloon. I used to do all those late night spots. The first year I went over there, I didn't have a show. Provenza was just like come over, sleep on my couch and do these like late night spots. So the late night spots are literally either the best shows in your fucking life or the absolute torture. Dude, I've seen people bomb. Yeah on those late night shows because it's it's, insane. it's like fucking it's 1 in the morning 12, in the, 12 mm-hmm. at night and everyone's and packed, fucking by the wasted way. like 600 standing people standing room yep, only yep yep mm. yep and they've been drinking all day they've been watching shows all day and you never know the mix of comics mm-hmm. it'll be you know uh it's all over the place. You never know who you're following. You could be following like someone like Daniel Kitson or you could be following like a Jimmy Carr or whatever. And uh, the night before I did this show and you know those shows where you just have one heckler but everyone's on your side and you just feel like a fucking stud or like everyone's chanting for them to leave and you're like, I can fucking say anything. Like I own this place. And I felt so good. And the next night, um, right away, before they even liked me, I had a heckler and I was still sort of like feeling that cockiness from the night before. Yep. And I went after them before they liked me. And suddenly other people started yelling at me and I go, oh, oh, they're on, they're on their side. Yeah. They're on that person's side. I've, I've done and, that a few And times. I think I just did, I think I was like one or two bits in and it was not going well. So I was like, I know it'll like when you guys back. And I just started, I'm like, there must've been a misunderstanding. And I just started doing my set again verbatim, like word for word. And people just used her like boo from one corner, then boo. And then people went fucking nuts. It was like zero to a hundred where I heard a bottle break, all this stuff. So Long story short, security brings me off stage. He's this huge guy, long beard, brings me off stage. And I wasn't cocky backstage, but I was like, hey, man, I would have been okay. Like, thank you. But like, I would have been fine. Like, I've been booed before. And he just goes to me. He goes, I had to take you off because I've never heard such specific threats being shouted. And the word specific was so haunting where it's like, oh, they knew what they wanted to do to me. And so he like escorted me out and they're in these like castles. So I had to like take these like windy Game of Thrones steps like out of castle. And I was like, I got to learn how to fucking defend myself. And then I got back to New York and I started training at 28. And then again, addictive personality, even for good stuff when you can harness it right, where I was like, I'm just gonna do it once a week. And then I was like, I'm gonna do it three times a week. 
then I was watching all these like 19 year old stud competitors. I'm like, I'm gonna do it twice a day. Then I was like, I'm gonna fly to worlds and compete. And then I just went like crazy really? uh, and just started training all the time. I mean, if I didn't have that, I would be fucking well, hundred percent. What, what belt are you? Uh, I was about to get my brown belt before I left New York and then I left New York and then uh, I had to kind of restart. So I got four stripes on my purple belt. What is it? It goes, I just it, had Eddie Bravo in here the other day and I, and I asked him the same thing and he was, and I still. It goes white, blue, purple, brown, black. So a lot of times in like karate or the other art forms, there's like a million belts and it's just sort of like. I never liked belts. Like Bruce Lee had this big quote, quote about how like belts are just used to like hold your pants up. And like, that's usually the case, but jujitsu, they're so sparse and there's like years in between where, and you are fighting people every day. That's the thing with martial arts where it's like, if you're not sparring in the gym, it's probably a garbage martial art. If they go, Oh, it's too dangerous to spar. Then it's bullshit. Yeah. Cause you have to be able to spar it. And ta- it would be like if someone said they were a comic, but they only did stand up like in front of the mirror. Right? Oh yeah. No. And by the way, I just bit my tongue from saying, nine names right now yeah yeah i know who you're talking about <laughs> is, is it everyone who says they do krav maga it's it's no no i was talking about comedy it's all the people on twitter who oh never really yeah, got yeah. On stage. yes and they're really funny on twitter but then you you know you go on stage and you're like oh it's a different it's a different art form like yeah, you man. can't deny humor like there are really really funny people but getting on stage is a different sense of humor yeah well, and conversely i'm very bad at twitter just because I'm, I'm, re- I'm really ranty and stuff and the times i've tried to almost like emulate the style of like okay so a twitter joke it's like shorter it's like a little weird like it's just it's just tank I can never do the whole uh uh uh, uh amper or uh, what's the star oh, the asterisk when, when they star sign looks over to his wife in an awkward way and then returns to Dude, waiter I, I think I'll or whatever I never was yeah, good yeah, at yeah. that I've, I've I've tried I've tried pathetically to do it and it does not uh doesn't play man it doesn't I'm not, I don't work. you know what I'm cool with it like I I think I use Instagram a little too much lately my daughters were like, I said to my daughters, we were going up uh, to the top of yeah, yeah. Um, some mountain yesterday. My, I watched all that. I like your Instagram. Uh, mammoth. People, you know, so many, so many people go, dude, I love your Instagram. Thank you so much. But then even, I think it's cutting into my life a little bit. So I said to my daughters, and by the way, this is my daughters. Yeah. It's like, this is the equivalent <laughs> of my daughters going... Uh, of dad you drink too much right this is my, and, and then that hitting you solid and going whoa my daughter say i drink too much yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't say that i said to my daughter i said to my wife we saw these two girls skiing down the mountain mount mammoth and mammoth mountain in bikinis and i said leanne ten thousand dollars for you to ski down we're with eight people right yeah ten thousand dollars for you to ski down mammoth mountain and uh uh, ski down Mammoth Mountain in a bikini, and she goes no. And I said fifty. She goes, don't even give her a number. And I said a hundred thousand dollars. She goes, I do it for a hundred. And I said really. And she goes, I definitely do it for a hundred thousand dollars, probably. And then Georgia said, Dad, a million dollars for you to ski down Mammoth Mountain completely naked. And I went deal. And she goes, hold on, Dad, you can't Instagram it. Holy shit! And I was like. I was like, well, what's the point of doing it? I literally in my head was like, why would I? I mean, like, Georgia, you got to understand. I'm, and I started arguing oh, so a heavy. fucking bet. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what's the point? And then that becomes like a whole metaphor for like your life. Or it's like, what's the point if you're not talking into a microphone or if other people don't see it? Or, Dude, everyone. How was, old is she? She's 13. Everyone in the Ooh, fucking that's a legit. gondola was laughing hysterically. Dude, and they're like, there's no way he could not Instagram it. That's insane. <laughs> but it's like, it's so funny because they make fun. Like. And my friends make fun of me. Like, Scarlett and Ari, even and Joe are like, 
Like Joe made fun of me on the podcast the other day. He was like, uh, he was like, oh, this badass Burt ran the Spartan race, except for his fucking selfie stick. He's like, part of me is like, yeah, but you wouldn't have seen the video if I hadn't shot it myself. Yeah. And I enjoy shooting stuff. I enjoy shooting stuff. Yeah. I enjoy shooting and editing. I really enjoy editing and making a badass video. I enjoy that shit. Yeah. And putting the challenge of 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 forty nine minutes of footage into one minute clip where you can watch. I, that's challenging. That's cool. Yeah. I can't comment because Joe finally likes me again. So I'm just like, whatever he says, I agree with. No, I, I love Joe. I, I, I don't, no, he's great. I, yeah. I'm, I mean, the thing about all my friends is we break balls. And so yeah. I don't have a problem being honest. But he was like, uh, he was like, all except for the fucking selfie stick. <laughs> Him, Ari, and Joe and Tom all think I Instagram too much. I selfie. And he goes, it didn't happen if you didn't Instagram it. Yeah. And then when my daughter said it, That's I, was rough. Like, I was like, yeah. But then you get this other side where like someone's like, hey, man, I love your Instagram. By the way, I like love it, Eliza's Instagram. Yeah. I love it. I love watching her Instagram. I just watched her entire. I got excited. This is, sounds so silly, but like I got excited waking up to see where she was in in uh, yeah, Italy. I get into. I I get Instagram. I like too because I feel like Twitter is such a toxic. Like I when I used to wake up to like angrily tweet, I would open my Twitter and I'm just like, cool. Uh, like a hundred strangers just called me a cuck and yeah. uh, like this. You guy. lived on the very opposite side. Totally. Like of not not and I'm I'm definitely not virtue signaling what I do. Yeah. But like I do not read comments. I do not reply. So I enjoy making I enjoy trying to make funny things on Instagram. Like everyone was making fun of me. We're all fucking ATVing. Yeah. And I told all the kids I was taking a piss in the woods and I thought, you know it'd be funny if my wife shot a video of me. Of, of a tree, yeah. a big tree at Redwood, and then piss coming out behind it, and you couldn't figure out what it was. <laughs> and then I, I came around undoing my, putting my fly up, and I was like, hey guys, brand new tour date. And my, and my wife's like, what? What do you want me to do? And then in my head, I went, oh, you know, it would be funnier if I put all the kids behind trees. I was like, hey, where are you? And they all peeked their head out at once. And I said, guys, guys, everyone come out in the woods. And my wife's like, are you fucking serious? Are you really going to shoot a video? And I'm like, hey, give me a second. Like, I think you'll think this yeah. is funny. Because that's my job. Well, you're that's essentially, my only job is to try to be funny. Yeah. So so with that, it's like you're essentially writing sketches, right? Yeah. yeah. And the fact that you can just like write and test these kind of like sketches or premises on like Instagram is really cool. What I was doing, I can tell you exactly what I was doing. What I was doing is I was fucking depressed. And the reason I was reading the comments is because it was the only... Uh, validation I would get. Oh. So I would wake up every day uh, and I would be like sleeping on the fucking couch and I would open my computer and I would go to Twitter and I would, and this is, I, I think is still, um, still what happens like in political Twitter land. Cause like I glance at it now, but not really. Um, and what happens is you look at the trending topics and you go, okay, who are we pissed off at? Who are we going to like burn down today? Right. Okay. And you see it's like, you know, it's Ezra Klein or whoever. And so you don't have time. I don't know who Ezra Klein He's is. He's like a, a journalist guy. Let's say it's... Uh, Let's do Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So it's Roseanne Barr, right? And every... She's, already, she's trending today. She's trending today. And it's already number... It was like the number one trending topic when I opened Twitter today. And everyone is already, especially if you're on the West Coast, everyone has already gotten their Roseanne jokes in or their hot takes in, right? So you go, well, fuck, I don't have time to read the article. I got to like, just like put something together. So you look at everyone else's sort of jokes and through that, you can kind of be like, okay, everyone's mad because of this tweet and I'm just going to like do this. And then you like bang yours out. And so even the times where I tweeted about stuff I cared about, even the times I like tweeted like, 
a Black Lives Matter thing or, or or something like that. It was still, man, it was still so for the wrong fucking reasons because if I really cared about it, I would do what you were talking about on Instagram. I would tweet, put it out in the world and be like, cool, hope I did something. But I would sit there and I would just like refresh, refresh. Who liked it? Did fucking Questlove retweet it? What did a celebrity? And then you get this hit. You get this like endorphin hit where once someone famous retweets it, you go, oh, now it's going to get to other famous people. So then you keep retweeting it and then you, you look at who retweeted it and if someone with like a verified check mark that doesn't follow you, like let's say like Alyssa Milano retweeted me once, you suddenly write her and you go, oh, hey, thanks for the retweet, like big fan. And then you refresh it. Is she going to follow me now? And it just becomes, oh, wow. it like makes up for uh, your shitty real life. Um, and in the process of that, not only are you like not making connections, you're not living your own life, but you're also a lot of times you could be putting out damaging shit because you haven't read the story. You haven't heard another point of view on it. You haven't, um, you know, I mean like Jordan Peterson's a great example, right? Where it's like, he has some stuff I disagree on and he says some stuff that like, you know, makes me want to be like more confident or whatever. Like when I heard him on Rogan's, but but what did he say? Uh, By the way, I'm a, and I use Jordan, Jordan Peterson as an example of, of like, you don't have to agree with everything. That's yeah. I think he's a great fucking example for that. I I agree with that guy. I I don't know how much, but like he says stuff and I go, that's a hundred percent true. And then there's other things where I go, I go, it's a little off. I get, yeah. yeah. Like what was and, your childhood? But, like? And and that yeah, and that's all okay, and that should be okay. But like when I before I heard him on Joe's, I legitimately was like, I guess this guy's a Nazi. Like if you read my Twitter, the way they talk about that guy, I literally thought he was just this gigantic hate monger. And yeah, I heard him say like a couple things about like trans people. I'm like, man, I don't like that. But when he's talking about like being confident and like owning your shit and like taking care of yourself and stuff like that. I'm like, I think there are a lot of young men who do need to hear that stuff. I wish it didn't come with the other stuff. Yeah. Um, but I get it. And the problem is, I think that when you demonize, like, dude, I couldn't like, I, uh, I, I told this on Rogan's, but I think it's, it's so telling. I mean, I tell this in just conversations where when I knew my old show went off the fucking rails and I'm taking credit for that is, um, we got an email. We used to get, like, we talked about politics, but there was a, a long period Citizen where- Citizen Radio. Citizen Radio, yeah. There was a long period where I was also talking about, like, my depression and struggling. And, like, you know, I mean, dude, like, Robin Williams is one of my best friends. So, like, we talked about suicide a lot. And, like, I mean, dude, Robin was, like, the guy who I would call when I was depressed. So, it's, like, when the dude helping you with your depression, like, kills yourself, like, kills himself, like, fucks you up. Um, and so, we talked about a lot of those issues. And we started getting emails being, like, I mean, we got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails of people who were like, you saved me from suicide. But we also got emails that were like, um, can like the straight white guy not talk about his problems all the time? Like there's a bit more important things. And I was like, all right. But the, the, the specific example I remember, there was this kid who wrote in, uh, not kid, a man. And he was like, I went to the doctors and uh, I have two kids. And my doctor was like, if I don't lose weight, I'm going to die. And I'm going to leave my fucking kids like without a dad. And I don't know what the fuck to do. So... I like, we read it on the show, gave him advice about like diet and stuff like that. Then I got his email and I found him a jujitsu place in Baltimore. I found him like a place to train, right? So he starts training. I forget about him. I mean, we kind of talk back and forth. I'm like, how's it going? Like he'll write me. And a year later ish, we get this long email being like, uh, like you guys saved my life. Um, 
I lost all this weight. I'm entering my first like tournament as a white belt. Um, like jujitsu saved me. Like this place is great. Like shout out to his gym or like whatever. It was like the most inspirational email. I'm almost in tears because I'm just like depressed, questioning all my life decisions. Like this all seems to have like worked out. And we end the show and it's great. And I feel fucking incredible. The next day and throughout that week, we got at least 10 emails. And I know that's not a lot, but when like you're reading all that shit, at least 10 emails that said, by reading his email, we were fat shaming other people. Now remember, we weren't like, you have to do jujitsu if you're fat. I mean, we used to give a million caveats every time where we're like, there are healthy people who are bigger boned. There are skinny people who are unhealthy. Like, don't call people fat. Don't be a dick. Um, but just by reading this inspirational story of a dude who was gonna fucking die, um, these people on the left would rather him die, I guess, um, then have us talk about something that like involved weight loss. And I think that now when you get a lot of these more right wing guys who are talking about confidence, who are talking about like, be a fucking man. I think the reason that so many young men are attracted to them is because on the left, you don't have someone say, be a man. Cause if you say be a man, that's fucking gendered. And then you're sexist or whatever. Or if you yeah. say, go do jujitsu, you're fat shaming. Or if you say, you know, and I think that's really, that's unhealthy. Like, I think there's a balance. It's like, yeah, don't like shame fat people. Like again, shame and stigma, right? Like they're not going to want to get better. They're going to, the times I felt like shit and like hated my body or had like all that stuff. Like I ate more cause I said, fuck it. Or if someone calls you an alcoholic, you go, well, I guess I'll play that role and yeah. you go fuck it and you drink more. Um, you want to encourage people and you want to help them when they come to you for help. Um, what is the, what is the thing? Cause you lived in, in, and I remember, I remember, Hanging out with you in in uh, Ireland or, or no, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, right? A little bit, yeah. And then oh, I had to follow and Hannibal, <clears> and I bombed. Hearing you, hearing you, you know, on Rogan, yeah, from Stanhope, loving you, yeah. And then I saw the meltdown with yeah. with you and Joe and Red Band, and then and then yeah. and then I saw the the, the aftermath, the the trolls. I mean, I don't even know if it's trolls or if it's like awesome. I, there, there were a lot of people that were really emotionally attached to that to that. Because I think I think all of us, and I, we, me, me, and you have talked about this already. Yeah. But all of us were like, I always saw you as a comic first, social activist second. Yeah. But then, and then, and then, and then, I think you flipped it, and you were like, no, social activist first, comic, social activist comic. Yeah. Oh, I can tell you why that happened too. Um, so when I when I feel like I fail, um, this is how I used to be. I would just burn it all to the ground instead of being like, I have to work harder at stand-up comedy. So is that what happened with the Rogan thing? Yeah. Well, so I mean, that was kind of a different thing where I was at that point. So yeah, kind of. Okay. So the first time I went on Rogan's, it was put a pin in this for a second. Hold on. Only because I have a thought. Remind, remind me to ask this thought. Yeah. Because, but I want to hear this. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, 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 but sure. I want to go. I also want to ask after this, I want to say, because there is something about, there is a, con a, a warm blanket in living in absolutes. Yes. My friend, not, not Tom Segura, I have another friend, Tom, who is a very successful movie producer. And he lives, he, he just, he doesn't, he doesn't live in a world where he gets an opportunity to be wrong. Yeah. So he is, he works very hard and he's always right. And he is always right. Yeah. And he lives, we talked about this at, at lunch the other day. He does live in an absolute where, 
if he's wrong, he needs to be proven wrong. He can't just go, he knows he's going to be right. And it's it's very warming. He just looks at it and he goes, well, if you don't agree with me, you're an idiot because right. I know I'm right. I do this for a living. This is what I do. I make shit happen. Yeah. I can know how to make shit happen. But, uh, and I, I want to talk about absolutes, but I want to go to the Rogan thing. Yeah. Was, that was really one of the, like, one of the first times I, that I saw the internet I, that I witnessed the internet explode. Yeah, glad I could be a part of that. It was. It uh, had to be horrifying to be a part of. Oh, it was a fucking nightmare. Well, I'll tell. Yeah, so I can tell you about that. But so the first time I went on Joe's, it was amazing, and we just became like Twitter buddies. He saw my stand up, and I was a fan of his, and he actually came on Citizen Radio yeah. like back in the day, and. It was amazing. You're I was great like, on it because you're super intelligent. You you're into jujitsu. You're a comic. Like the, you were awesome when I, I first time. I yeah, I was like, we, I was like, yeah, like I, I just, hit you up and I was like, dude, great appearance. Yeah, that's and right, we, that's right, we, that's right. And then we hung we hung out in Amsterdam a little bit, dude, and it and was, was great. Like, yeah, and, and I was like, I was a fan of yours, and that's when, that's when things were going well. I feel like there were two years that were like the two years Jamie was almost famous. And the first time I went on Rogan, it was it was during that year, and it was when I did Amsterdam because I was with your management company. Yeah. Um, and there was a year I did Conan. I did the green room. My dad, my dad just moved and uh, he found this old interview magazine where it was like the four comics to watch. It was this huge photo shoot and it was fucking Aubrey Plaza, Jay Farrow, Reggie Watts and me. And I'm like, oh, I'm that guy on the list where you go, no. oh, what tragic story. No. What happened to that guy? This is right? a long fucking look. I'm 45. I've been on that list. I've seen all my friends blow up. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy getting success at 45 or 40, 40 years old or yeah. 40. I like, I like a little journeyman comic. I like being yeah, friends with yeah. everyone and everyone being excited that you're doing well. There's trust me. You don't want to be the young guy coming out and no. everyone wants to see them fail. You'd rather be the older guy who's got a family and all I need is like a five year run of good money. Yeah, where I man. Can it. Everyone's set up and I can take care and fucking cruise into the sunset. I gotta tell you, man, that actually is one of the reasons I really like your Instagram and I follow it is like, you're funny. Like I'm a fan of your comedy, but also like, like, that setup, man, is like, that's what I, because when I was young and wanted all this, it was just like, yeah, it's like I wanted like girls and fame and yeah, recognition. But now do. it's just like, I just want to tell jokes and like have a family one day and like live in a place like this and get to hang out with my friends and yeah. make cool shit. I want to, I want to make cool shit. I want to do cool stand up. I want people to like my stand up. I want, I want, you know, my friends to be like, dude, I like that bit. Yeah. Like Tripoli the other night was like, bro, I love your new stuff. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Like that means a lot to dude, me. It means Sam's a great really deal. helped me since I've like come back. He's, He's the like, greatest. Good, but see like dude. Sam and I are the we're like dude Sam and I are, and Ari are like brothers in this and that in that we're all finding success later in life and not one person begrudges it yeah everyone's like good oh dude I remember I mean I'm sure there's people that hate us you know but like no but I know what you mean and like I remember I feel like I had this moment where I chose political activism over comedy where Rogan hooked me up with seats to the UFC and I was with someone a Buzz Killy kind of like journalist type and I guess he had Ari and Joey next to me and I didn't know Ari and Joey and uh I think Joey was like, yo, what's up, dog? You want sesame seeds? And like went to hand me sesame seeds. And I was like, oh, I want to hang out with the comics so bad. I don't want to hang out with the comics. And like the person I was with just kind of looked like grossed out and was like, come on. And I was like, oh. and I probably missed the greatest night of my oh, life. You definitely Hanging did. out with Joey and Ari at the fight who just like would disappear and come back. And I oh, was like, oh, been. I bet they're smoking weed and having so much fun. Oh. And, so go back to the road. Okay, yeah. So, so I go on and it's good. And I have this year, but I feel like I didn't, I didn't have the balls to keep going. Like, so I had this year where 
you know, I went from dropping out of high school. I lived out of my car for two years, like doing gigs at like coffee houses because I wasn't getting booked in New York. Um, Stanhope and Stanhope was like the first guy to, to, to let me open for him. But I was never going to like be able to like be like one of his like staples, you know, like who like go and like live on the road and like fucking do blow together. I, and- I, I definitely, by the way. Family dies. I could go. I'll tour Stanhope. Family dies. That's the thing. Family dies. I I move in. I move yeah. into with Stanhope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even. I don't even tell him. I just show up with a bag and a dog. Just one dog. I'm yeah. leaving the other dog. Going on tour with Stanhope. That's like the equivalent of like the action movie where like the family gets murdered and then he's going for the revenge. Yeah, I, like, I bet Doug hears this. By the way, I'm pod calling Doug right now. I bet Doug hears this and goes, "Hold on, hold on. Your family's got to die in order for you to live with me." <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you see me is like your family's dead. Yeah, yeah. Now I get to move in. You're my last. Oh, thanks, Bert. Yeah. I can't wait to hang out with the dead family guy. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it'll be a real party when you're crying, looking at pictures yeah. of your daughter every day. <laughs> times do <laughs> so wait, you're coming here to die no but yeah but i i, no, I, just, I know what you mean yeah. i totally know what you mean so keep going i'm sorry no it's okay and then um and you know like like marin used to take me out to open it was when he was like, going through his divorce so like that was pretty <laughs> that was pretty rocky um i used to get like like we would be so good and we would hang out all day and i idolized mark holy shit i idolized him and then uh, i would get on stage and like <laughs> He already doesn't like me. I guess I might as well say this. I would like have like a good set and he would just be like, oh, you're trying to be fucking Stanhope. This is ridiculous. And he would just like yell at me and then leave. And then the next morning I'd get a voicemail like, hey man, it's Mark. Sorry about last night. Yeah. And like, that was it. So like Mark's, man, Mark's got a, look, I, by the way, I love Mark. Oh, he's one of the best comics biting, on the planet. He's got a biting conversational tone with every single person. So where he says things where you go, you go like, Fuck. I wish I hadn't spoken out loud in front of Mark. Yeah. Like he, yeah, but he's yeah. just so, but he doesn't mean it out of hate or meanness, but he just, he just is too, he's like my wife. Like they just say they shit say, yeah. and they mean it and they don't mince words. And I also have that. And kind I, of, I respect that. Yeah. And I also have like the dad issue thing on top of it with him, especially because like he was the first guy who like saw me at the Boston and like yeah. took me out and like, you know, he was like my favorite, one of my favorite comics coming up. And, uh, so, so let's go back to Rogan. Oh yeah, yeah. So Daniel. So for those of you who don't know, Jamie goes on Rogan like tw- twice. I think before the the third was the third. I one? think so. Yeah, I think it was the third one. And well, it was great. It was great. There was by the way. This is the this is um, this is the be- the beauty of Joe's podcast. It's a three hour hang. Yeah. And so you really feel like you get to know people. And back then it was a three hour like it was sometimes a five hour fucking hang just like and and it was in de- it was out of his house and then out of death squad studios i did both yeah i, I did out of his house and i think i did like the fucking yeah the, the ice house yeah the ice house and right. then and then tosh says a a, a rape joke now real quick i want to just say my view about rape jokes and only because i there was there was a part of it of you in in your defense that i I did agree with, yeah, but I di- but I didn't agree with. Like, yeah. I always defend comics. I always defend comics, even if I don't like them. I defend comics always doing through. And by the way, since I've been hanging out with comics again after being like, uh, you know, on the verge of suicide and all this stuff, yeah. and hearing people be like, "Yeah, of course I got your back. You're a fucking comic." Yeah. Like those words to me have never meant more, and and has definitely made me be like. I mean, I've learned a lot from all this, but uh, but just being like, fuck, I miss that, you know, because comics, especially with like, there was a phase where it seemed like it was like comedy versus the left. And it's, it's, by so the way, it's, fucking it's still dumb. going on. I'm sure. Really hard right now. And, <clears throat> and so it's like Owen Benjamin, by the way, I do not agree with Owen's politics. Yeah. 
almost across the board. <laughs> but I love Owen. I love Owen. I've always got his back. Well, I've always got his back. Even like when he says the most crazy fucking things, I'll even go, I don't agree with him. But man, that is my buddy. Yeah. If I'm looking for a morning beer or if I'm looking for an afternoon beer, yeah. or if I want a conversation about fucking just fucked up shit, if I want to throw shit against a wall, I can, I know Owen's, Owen's supportive. He's my friend. He's not going to fucking judge me. He's a really sweet, great fucking guy. Oh, and by the way, the journalists on the left who talk about like how we have to all be kind to each other and stuff like that. Uh, you say the wrong thing on Twitter. They won't even call to make sure you're okay before they fucking hashtag you and attack oh, you. Yeah. So like, and I've seen that happen to Owen, like loses Twitter, loses YouTube, loses. Yeah. I mean, just and, it, and in a weird way, you go. Yeah, he is saying fucked up shit. And yeah, he is going after, he is trolling people. He is getting, he's a part of what you talked about. Well, and a lot of that is coming from, in my opinion, and like um, that feeling burnt, you know, where he, I watch him and I go, oh, I know what you're doing because that's what I did, where it's, you're going to burn me? Okay, I'm going to double the fuck down and I'm going to triple down. Yeah. And, you know, but I spent so long demonizing comics after I felt that like everyone hated me that to come back to comedy after having all of the inclusive like journalists who like I helped and I got on TV and I lent money and all this stuff just completely shit all over me and having comics you know like you like like com people who I really like admire artistically too be like dude you're a comic like of course we're gonna like take you back and, and we want you to be okay and stuff like that I was like I do regret that I do regret having demonized comics for so long it's easy to deem I believe this is my don't worry guys we'll get to this story oh yeah I believe oh. it's easy to demonize comics from a journalistic point or a vlogger point or a blogger or not vlogger but a blogger point yeah, yeah. like like and, and by the way I'm gonna say her name Lindy West I enjoy reading her stuff I yeah, think she no, we were friends I, I, I think she I think that there's a lot of negativity that comes into her life via Twitter that's that all, she yeah. should get rid of she did she got she's off Twitter oh then that's she awesome. got off Twitter like last year and it's probably great and like since then has gotten like a movie deal <laughs> yeah she's she's a really a really smart she's a great writer fucking really like and by the way I don't say that like oh because she's a girl but like she's just as a person sure. she's really smart she's really fucking insightful I liked I, I was going through a fashioning thing when she shared what about um, on NPR about being overweight and I was like it really connected with me now I know Lindy West I've asked her to be on my podcast she said no or she's like nah or yeah. whatever I get it I totally understand it I think people like that it's easy to demonize comics because we really do have the freedom we allow ourselves in our community the freedom to do whatever we want yeah. to say whatever we want and that's super scary for people who have polarized themselves and can only say what their party allows them to say yeah. and if they go off brand they get attacked yep. and so it's got to be scary to go like oh this guy can make a rape joke he can make a cancer joke he can make a, a molestation joke yep. he can make he can make a joke about his kids he can he, make a joke about his parents he can combine all those and that's he, his closer yeah. and now, now to get back on brand to this story we're talking about yeah I, I was never, I made one rape joke one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I made a, I've made a few probably in my life, but I made mm -hmm. one one time and I thought it really worked and I was really proud of myself because as a comic, there is this like, you want to When be, you can pull it off that like uh, 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 off wanna, limits yeah. topic. Yeah. You want to be the 13 year old in your village that goes out into the woods the deepest and comes back with the biggest lion. And, and, and I.e. a really good rape joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in a I weird way. Mean. Yeah, I get it. It's like when like Burr's got a joke right now that's killing and everyone's like, bro, I never thought of that angle in on that side. Right. So when like you can take like the, the me too, or you can take this. I mean, that like was like, well, you can't touch that. And it's like, Oh, I'm going to, and it'll be great. And everyone will like me. Yeah. And so, and so, uh, I had this joke 
Um, and I, I won't even tell it because I don't, because of what I'm going to say. Okay, okay. And so I get off stage and I'm so, I'm bubbling. And I look at Matt Fultron and I go, dude, did you hear that fucking rape joke? And he's like, I did. I go, dude, it fucking killed. And he's yeah. like, I, it really did. I go, I can't believe it. I fuck, I love that joke. And he goes, it's a great joke. Except for the one chick in here that you fucked her night up because she was straight up raped. And I was like, hey, what's up, Ray? Yeah. Hang on one second, okay? Oh. I'm going to have to unlock my back gate. Yeah, okay. Give me one second. And so as, as soon as he said that to me, I went, okay. And I had to think, what is my comedy about for me? Yeah. Is it about being the, the 13-year-old that goes out and finds the biggest line? Right. Or is it just like making sure you get to eat at the end of the night? Oh. And I was like, my job is not to really like, to really like challenge. And I want to just have a good fucking time. And I want to tell jokes. And I will tell whatever joke I choose yeah. funny. But I also, I do not enjoy when someone comes out of my show and it's happened more often than I care to think and you realize oh I just fucked their night up like yeah. I really kind of like brought up shit that I didn't, that's, that's kind of where I'm at too now yeah give me one second to unlock my gate hold on yeah are you pausing or do I vamp vamp it up it's Jamie Kilstein podcast on iTunes and Stitcher I'm so sorry um, he has to go unlock that I have no I have no idea what he's doing the gardeners never come up to the door and said I this, need you to do something. I know. I have to I have to piss too and I was like that'll be my opportunity, but I also don't want to leave you here stranded. What if you vamp? No, it's okay. Um You can do whatever you want. Yeah. It's your podcast, man. Interesting. Up, oh, here he comes. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Nice. So we nailed it. So um so but what in the Tosh thing, yeah. just to keep everyone up to speed, he said um he said, you know, made a someone said in the audience yeah and this is where all comics got behind his back someone said in the audience tell a rape joke and he's yeah that's that's hilarious the degradation the whatchamacallit the shame the shame oh yeah i'll do that and then someone's like you're never allowed to tell a rape joke and he was like well wouldn't it be funny if five guys came in and raped you right now yeah. he's improving. he's not it's not a joke that he wrote it's him trying to work crowds yeah it got vlogged or blogged blew up blew up and then you went on Joe and, and well, so let me like a couple of prefaces to this. And yeah, again, please not to, preface all of it. So this goes back to what we were talking about on Twitter. That part when I uh, the most oh, the, the yeah. most recent time I went on Joe's, which was a fucking blast and like so cathartic. Um, a couple it had months had to be. Ago, I want to talk about that a little oh bit because it had to be like it was especially for someone like and I'm the same way, similar to you. <clears throat> is validation yeah. does mean a great deal to me. I think that's why I do stand-up comedy. Yeah. I come up with an idea and I ask it to be validated by people. Yeah, of course. But that validation of going back on Joe's must have been... It was it was a lot. Yeah. And Remind me to talk about that. All right, let's get to the preface. Yeah, so, um, so I go... So we, you know, we didn't talk about it too much, but we did recap it. And when Joe said that part about the shame and the... Uh, my side didn't get that part. I didn't hear that part when I went on fucking MSNBC and when I went on Rogan's. Here's all I heard was the the lefty headline, which is Daniel Tosh says it would be funny if girl gets raped five times, girl runs out crying. And so it oh, seemed shit. like, yeah, like that part. What it seemed like. I mean, the girl still like heckled right and was like, rape isn't funny. Um, and then he said that, but that's all it. It seemed like uh, uh, again. Not, I mean, the way I've definitely like changed my views on a, a lot of that stuff, but 
I wasn't even. I didn't even get that first part where <laughs> actually you're like now. I think rape's hilarious. Now it's uh, now so my whole set is only rape jokes. It's yeah. knock knock rape jokes. It's riddles about rape. Knock knock who's there? Rape. <laughs> rape. Oh wait, rape run. Um, knock knock door opens. Who's there? It's rape. <laughs> <laughs> Imitations of rape, guys. It's it's quality stuff. If knock you knock who's rape? It's rape. It's rape. It's rape. It's rape. <laughs> uh, by the way, by the way, by the way, once again, I just said I don't tell rape jokes and here I am there I'm a hypocrite three up and down don't <laughs> ever fucking listen to anything I say anybody <laughs> listening I am a fucking hypocrite fucking asshole fucking here I am just saying I would never tell a rape joke and now I'm improving. knock knock because, to be fair knock yeah, knock rape jokes knock knock rape jokes are completely acceptable yeah 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 um, and so so I didn't get that part and actually like when you think about that and I've just heard like uh, God I want to get Taj on my podcast and just talk about it. like I've heard that'll never happen no of course of course of course he's not even doing anybody's no yeah let alone yeah. like the new podcast of the guy who shit on him um but he i've heard he's a really smart comic and a really smart dude amazingly smart. and that first half of it is actually like really subversive right where it's like oh what's funny about here's what's funny about rape the shame that like that's actually a very progressive not that it fucking matters but if you want to look at it that way it's actually a really progressive joke um and then you get the heckler and then, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, I many like women, I've probably been like, suck my fucking dick if they heckled. Like if there's foot, there used to be like footage of that, um, like all over the place where it's like, you don't really become like, uh, a, 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 a gendered Smith graduate, uh, when you're being heckled, you turn into like a fucking animal comic, right? God made your mouth for one thing, honey. And it's not talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've said that. I've said that like you did too early in the set and lost the whole fucking room. Oh, yeah. Dude, if you put fucking like Noam Chomsky on a stand-up stage and he got heckled it'd be like you fucking cunt I like, wish I knew who Noam Chomsky is oh he's just like about old man intellectual um, it's a good image if you did know I will say that I know what he looks like and I know that's that he's someone that Janine Garofalo likes <laughs> that's all you need but I just don't know what I don't know what he did really I'll be honest with you Bert that pretty much covers it Janine <laughs> <Okay>. Garofalo <laughs> likes him and he's an old guy well that stinks that your side would not not. and I say your side I'm. by the way I'm fucking liberal but like oh, I know. That, but that, that the far right left wouldn't get it, all the other parts who knows if it's it's even nefarious who knows if it was there and I just didn't read it like it also could have been my fault it could have been again that headline culture you read a headline and you go oh all right Daniel Tosh said to get fucking raped five times I yeah. don't need to read that article I have my I opinion because, because right. I see what all of my friends are saying I see what my tribe is saying so I'm gonna go along with my tribe right I and do at, that I and, do that and at this point I do that I'm fucking intermittent fasting because my tribe says to do it yes Dude, I almost did it. The like, I, like I, I've sort of like started like toying with it because it's like, yeah, that's what everyone's doing. Yeah, now. I'm, I'm listening to Joe, and then Ben Greenfield's like definitely intermittent fast, and then I, and then fucking Zach Bitter's like intermittent fasting isn't bad, and then I'm eating just meat and intermittent fasting. But you're right, I'm not. Sometimes, and I'm I'm just saying this for the listener. Sometimes your tribe says something. And it, it fits into your agenda. Because yep. in my head, I go, okay, I do have a problem with food, but I can definitely not eat until fucking noon. I can sure. do that. I can stop eating at eight and not eat till noon. I can do that shit. Yeah. And so it fits in. You're right. And yeah. so you've got your agenda in your head and then Joe's like we should talk about it right yeah and, and then and then you put Twitter on top of it and you go oh I'm gonna post about it and I'm gonna get a bunch of likes and I'm gonna have oh, like the famous fucking, people retweet me that's the and, crazy thing there's a guy I won't say his name I've, I've actually called him out before he's an actor yeah but he's he I, I don't even know if he's actually liberal only because I've seen some of his work and he's been a part of stuff that is not technically 
um, PC. Yeah, sure. But man, he virtue signals like a motherfucker. Yeah. And it's that almost, and by the virtue signal for those who don't know is basically saying, saying stuff everyone agrees with. Yeah. Just so that you go, they go, I'm a good person. Yeah. And, and, and it virtue signaling drives me nuts. Cause I'm like, there, there are more varied opinions of things. Yeah. And you know, and, and, and it's harder and it takes more work and it takes more research. And you know, so to go back to the Joe thing, the reason I was sort of starting to give my my backstory of failure was because by the time I went back on that show, our podcast was doing fucking great. And I had those that year that I met you and, you know, it was a great year. Judy fired me uh, 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 and uh, around the Tosh thing. I've never been fired by managers. Really? Um, yeah, 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 I got fired. And Montreal was technically great. I think I was the first. Well, Robbie at the time said uh, I had the to this day, the worst audition. I mean, I haven't talked to him in years, but to that day, whenever it was worst audition they ever like booed off stage at the comic strip for my first Montreal audition. Then I think one or two years later, I got new faces. Listen to this. I got fucking new faces. And then the next year I was the first guy to get a one man show right after new faces. And it was in this little theater and it was Burr, Patrice and me. We were the three shows of that theater. Like it was actually like, Oh, I'm actually, I'm up here with my heroes. Like I'm going to be somebody That's intoxicating. It's intoxicating. And then nothing happened. And I probably should have been way more patient, but nothing happened. I kind of plateaued and I still wasn't getting booked at clubs. Cause I think people thought I was like really political. I was doing really well overseas and overseas, any American comic that talks about politics, they compare to bill Hicks. So now I'm like reading all this stuff as comparing me to bill Hicks. So I fucking double down. I'm like, Oh, you don't like me? Fuck you. Like fuck comedy clubs. Like, um, I fuck so- sometimes I wish to God that I could not care about funny and double down on that shit like where you look at political comics sometimes where you're like like i look at some comics online and i go they're not being funny they're just saying the thing that everyone's agreeing with at the moment and i would i was like i would love to just double down and go you know what i don't care about being funny like what you just said i just fuck you yeah this is what i believe about abortion i'm glad that ireland got rid of abortion you know like yeah yeah. well and and I, i see comics doing that now and it's like bittersweet for me because I go, that's not funny. And I go, ah, oh, fuck, that's what I did. Dude, you have, Jesus you have Christ, that's what I did. such a perspective. And, and this is, you know, everyone's slamming, we're going to get to the story. Everyone's <laughs> slamming Louis and, and saying that he shouldn't have a comeback. He shouldn't be allowed to come back. And really good fr- friends of mine that are females, I understand, you know, it, but ones that... <laughs> It just is weird that they're like he shouldn't be allowed to come back, or if he is, they're in, interested in what type of person would co- would support him. Mm-hmm. Being like, hey, comics, are you going to support him? Yeah, I will. I definitely will. He was very nice to me. I, he never jacked off in front of me. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, I would have wouldn't have minded. I also love that uh, when I've done interviews and talked about comedy, Louis C.K. is such a fucking good comic that even with everything he went through, people like when you're talking about comedy or comedy advice, it's like, yeah, it's like Louis said. I mean, before like the jerk off. Thing. Yeah. But they still have to quote him because but, but I can't wait to hear Louis's perspective, and he he has to, and so does Aziz. By the way, and also like again, if we believe in rehabilitation, yeah, right. If we believe in that, if that's what, but the left, that's one of our big issues is like the prison industrial complex, uh, and we and we need to rehabilitate people and stuff. Why is it? 
why can't he be rehabilitated? Why can't he say, you know, what I did was like fucked up. I didn't think it was wrong. I whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, And then why can't we support someone coming back and being like, yeah, I'm going to do better. Like, I didn't know that. Uh, you know, I wasn't thinking like that. I wasn't. That's why I, I was so excited when you decided to get back into comedy. When all the things happened with you, and you were like, and you showed up at the festival, and you're like, oh, I'm so back scared. in comedy. I was so like, scared. All of us were like, fuck yeah, dude, congratulations. Yeah, this is what we. This is what our clan does. Is wrong choice of words, clan. But this is what our <laughs> band team, of racists. This do. is what our group of fuck ups do. Yeah, is we always show back up on stage, and yeah. we always support us coming back on stage. You shoot your car, you light yourself on fire, you fucking hit your wife. All the fucking bad things Richard Pryor did. Yeah, he he brought back on stage. He was like, all right, I'm back. Well, you know what's a really interesting example is Letterman, where. If what le- if if the Letterman thing happened in Me Too, oh. uh, Letterman would be. It's essentially Tell what a lot of people. What happened to Letterman? Well, he. I think he was just. He was having a consensual affair. He was cheating with his like secretary or, or somebody um, you know below him. He was he was their superior, and I mean it fits into a lot of the Me Too narratives. It's and then definitely. I think she tried to like fucking blackmail him or something. But he came back on stage and did a monologue, and I think killed. Um, apologizing and stuff like that and now he's interviewing Barack Obama he just got the Mark Twain award like it's really interesting who we selectively pick to demonize and to be like you are never going to come back and who we kind of give a pass to um and uh, so yeah that's been really and I mean the, the the Letterman show it's fucking great like um, I've been watching the Netflix show um, the Tina Fey one was really good I, I haven't seen all of them. I saw the Obama one and the Tina Fey one that was it I think there's a Howard Stern one coming up which I really oh, want to see great. I really want to so, see so wait so, so go back like I'm fascinated so you're your stand-up kind of plateaus in your So sense. my stand-up plateaus. Citizen, you do Rogan a couple times. Yep. Citizen Radio is blowing, blowing up. Blowing up. It is blowing and, up at the time. I remember listening. I was a subscriber. That's insane. Um, and, you know, when we first started, it was... We were political, but we, it was comedy. Yeah. Um, you know, my ex, uh, she wasn't a journalist yet. And so the only people we were getting were fans uh, of my stand-up. So I would go to Australia and suddenly like our Australian. And it was a lot of international people because um, I wasn't getting paid here. So I would go to Australia for a month. I mean, dude, I played the fucking Sydney Opera House and couldn't get booked at like the comic strip. You know, yeah. like I just was failing here and I would go overseas, et cetera. Um, and but a lot of this was a lot of what you found is when you're doubling down on politics was and I I find that's when the celebrities like me that's when and I, then and it's that retweet culture yeah man where you're like where you say the thing that you think the people that also like yeah. it's, I find the that tweets really are like designed in a fucking factory to make uh, liberal celebrities like you and it, so it's you, like a mad libs so in a weird way are you taking that energy into that third appearance with Rogan yes and uh, because at that point, at that point, I didn't really have comic friends and I wasn't playing at comedy clubs. And part of it is because I wasn't getting booked. But another part of it, if I'm being like totally honest, was I started to do these little shows for just like my citizen radio fans. And maybe there'd be 50 people or if I played like UCB, like a little over 100 people. And it was all people who agreed. And I never had fucking 600 Scottish hecklers shouting very specific threats at me. (laughs) And and I was crushing. And if someone was like, hey, do you want to do a spot at like Stand Up New York? I'd be like, why? Comics don't really like me. I'm not going to get like 
pay. I could I could only go there and fail. Yeah. Forgetting about all the advice I would give to people, and you know what I say when I teach jujitsu, where it's like the days you get your ass kicked, those are the days you get stronger, right? Yeah. And but I was getting validation finally, and I was like, oh, I don't want to ruin that because I have sought out validation my whole life, and I'm not getting it in my relationships. I'm not getting it by my friends. Like at that point, I was like not really talking to my family. Like I totally had just distance myself from everybody so why would i go to like stand up new york why would i i would get anxiety walking by the comedy cellar i you know just because i was like i knew metzger didn't like me or i knew you know whatever and uh we're like friends now yeah yeah. um but i remember that time yeah and so i would just get nervous and that's when i would start to sort of demonize comics and i'm like well i have these people that like love me and i had a great career for the first time like we were making a ton of money um for the first time in my fucking life and uh so I go on Joe's and I don't expect it uh, at all. Like I told this story on Stan Hopes, but I, I, I feel like it's worth uh, pointing out. At that point, that's when I was sober, when I went on Joe's. Uh-huh. And Joe was like, do you want to smoke? And I would still get really like, like at that time, I, I still got really like starstruck around Joe. So I was like, yeah, you got to smoke with Joe Rogan, right? So after being sober for three years, no pot, no whatever, we fucking, me, him, and I, th- I think Red Band, I think yeah. we all smoked. And so I was... And it's high in California weed. At the time, Dude. weed is is not recreational; it's just medicinal. Yes, and I was used to my because ju- <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. I've gotten high with Joe. Oh, okay, I've gotten high with Joe. Where all it's of a not sudden, fun. All the, no, it's a blast. I love <laughs> not it. Not for me. And you, you're listening to yourself in your headsets, going, "Am I listening to the podcast or am I doing <laughs> yeah, the podcast?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've well, been there a few times. Dude, I like when I I remember like <laughs> weed. I used to smoke weed all the time uh, in Jersey. But it was so bad where if I got high, I was like, this is laced. Like it was either shitty weed or like laced laced fucking weed. And then I got to California and I smoked with Joe and I used to go from, I've turned into that cliche where I used to smoke and be like, I love everybody. This is great. And now I smoke. I'm like, everyone hates me. This is awful. So I am super high during that interview, which a lot of people don't know. And I think that we're going to, it's going to be like the other shows. I don't see anything confrontational happening. So... I said on Doug's, I'm like, this should be an anti-drug commercial is just like me smoking pot with Joe being like, this is going to be great. And then cut to 10 minutes later, Joe is standing up screaming, would you rather be raped or murdered? And then it just says, don't do drugs. That was a drugs. really interesting question though, because I would <laughs> much rather be raped than murdered. I, I, <laughs> I, the whole time I was watching that going, I'd definitely would rather be raped than murdered. But I'd Bert, definitely rather be raped. But Bert, now murdered. imagine being so high uh, you, and one you of your idols is screaming, would you rather be raped or murdered? And I'm like, neither, man. Neither. I'd rather figure out what led me to make this decision. You'd and like, murdered. yeah. Would you rather be raped or murdered? Oh my God, it was so fucking scary. <laughs> so... So I had this moment. So I go on MSNBC because they just call like progressive comics and they're like, we're going to talk about the Daniel Tosh rape thing. And, you know, I don't even think Rogan saw it or whatever. And the, the points I made, even though, you know, I've obviously become a comedy first person, the points I made were not the worst points in the world. I wasn't like, I think people should be censored. Um, some topics are off limits. I essentially said your story. Not quoting you, but like, look, man, like one in six women, one in four probably have been raped. And I'm like, I don't want to be the guy telling that joke. I said, you have the right to make a rape joke, but then we also have the free speech to like attack you, rape, right? Like free speech works in both directions. Um, I was like, no one's really in the crowd being like, I hope he goes after like chicks who are raped. Like it was pretty... mm, 
innocuous, like what I said. Um, but I, that, I, I, I'll tell you in my in my opinion. Yeah, and I listened to that, and I liked it. The what, the MSNBC one? No, 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 no. Uh, when you on Rogan, the Rogan thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you were talking about MSNBC, but uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I was, I lo- I enjoyed that back and forth, and and I enjoyed it a lot. And so, like, I didn't really have a problem with anything you said. Well, that's kind of how I felt. Um, but then and there, I, a lot of people did have problems with what you said. But I think it was the 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 going on Citizen Radio. So that's what happened. Was I because I, that's and the don't thing. Get me wrong. By the way, what, what, I've heard people on Joe's podcast not agree with Joe, and and you guys were arguing statistics that. I, I wasn't researching. I wasn't looking up at the time. Yeah, yeah. One in six, and he was like, that seems like a lot. Yeah. And then, and by the way, that seemed like a lot to me. Yeah. But, I, but even I mean, still, it is a lot. It's fucking but, terrible. But even still, he was like, I think it's less. And then and it was, it was an interesting back and forth. And, that, yeah. and that's what I think I love about Joe's podcast is he does have fucking really interesting conversations. So, on there. so now take that. Cause I agree with you. Take that though. And, put and knowing it, that you're high as fuck, knowing that I'm high as fuck. I didn't expect it. I don't know who the fuck Red Band is. I'm just like, who is this guy? Like, um, like he's mad at me. And I thought we were just talking in the parking lot when he was like smoking. Yeah. And, and I had put myself in this world where like your buddy, like no one disagreed with me because I never said anything that could be disagreed with. Yeah. So it is scary. And it, it, I'm not looking at it as, and this, you know, maybe I sound like a baby, but again, hi, Jamie at the time is just like, why is my friend yelling at me? What, like, was this like a setup or an ambush? And all of my fears about comics all hating me and all this stuff is just being like validated. Yeah. And then you know, I remember Joe at one point was like, yeah, don't tweet him. And I, and I just see my phone just blowing up. Blowing. My computer, my Twitter got hacked and someone just wrote like rape that's, all over that's it. Another, that's another thing I want to ask oh. you about. But did that happen? Did that happen before? That happened right after. Right after? Right after. Okay. I was just getting, so, so here are my options, right? And then I have my fans writing me who were just like what the fuck like are you gonna like are you gonna like go after him are you gonna whatever so now i have these two choices oh dude this was fucked up the first this is not gonna be popular the first uh the first text i got when i got to the car was like liz winstead who i knew from new york and she's like why didn't you stick up for me and i was like i don't know because i was being fucking screamed at and i have like a thousand rape threats right now and i was stoned and i didn't know what was happening and yeah. i'm like i don't even remember him bringing you up I'm I, now that you say that i remember liz liz ran by the way i'm friends with liz i like liz a lot she was nothing but nice to me in new york and and she was not she was the first person first uh, like executive, I guess I met. She was running the Daily Show, and oh, Dimitri right, right, Martin right, right, right. brought me up to the top to meet her in her office. And he was like, "Hey, this is Bert Kreischer. He was the number one party animal in the country at Florida State." <laughs> and we did, and you guys wrote a joke about him. She was like, "We did. Is it okay?" And I went, "No, it was funny." And she was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. yeah and I was yeah. like, "I'm starting comedy." She's like, "Good luck. You know, if you ever, you know, very yeah. sweet." Oh. And so I'd run into Liz at like I ran into Liz at Crunch one time with Sarah Silverman. Yeah. And I and to the point where I, and I follow Liz, and at one point I didn't. F- I I guess you know sometimes Twitter unfollows people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like. And then I was like, I realized I wasn't following her. I followed her again, and she messaged me, and she's like, "I'm so sorry. Did I, like, did I offend you or something?" Like, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Like, no, Liz. I just, I just simply it just unfollowed you. The the only reason I bring I bring that up is because I wanted to give an example of like I was getting it from all sides, and I was sitting in the parking lot by the ice house, shaking and being like, I don't know what to fucking do. 
So then I get home. Because that is, that is this, I think that is something that needs to be said even clearer, is that you have all the desk squad. And this time, this is when desk squad was centralized. It centralized. Desk squad. Yeah. Desk squad was... <clears throat> Death Squad was thick. Yeah. I remember yeah. Death Squad meetups in Ohio. I remember oh. Death Squad. All you said when you see a guy with a Death Squad shirt on, you just go Death Squad for life. Whoa. Dude, Jesus. dude I loved it. It was yeah. the funnest part time of my career is that it was this real underground movement. That it sounds was like the, fucking Fight Club. Dude, it like, was like Death Squad for life. Yeah. And, and you just, and you give like a hard hug to a guy with a big beard yep, yep, and yep, cool yep, shoes yep, yep. and a fucking, and they, they always give you a heavy handshake. Yeah. They always made sure you had weed when you came to their town. Yeah, you know who they didn't? Uh, me. Uh, they did and not. There was, there was a little bit of, of, hilarity in the fact oh my and god I, I know it must have really sucked from your side but they're like yo apparently anonymous is in death squad <laughs> and we're like what and they're like they hacked jamie's account like joe was like give it back you know like oh did he i didn't, oh, I didn't even know that i think that. he I said was... it on a podcast he's like listen whatever you guys did to jamie make it stop he's a good guy dude i remember getting an email from the guy who hacked and he was like i hope you learned your lesson and i was just like thank you sir like i was just so beaten down dude, that was the weirdest part is like that's when you, you it was like Holy shit! Yeah. But you have Death Squad on one side, and then you have Liz Winstead, who, who I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to speak for Joe, no, but no, I think no. he told a story about Liz. Oh, that's right, like being early, the MC at a show. And, and her early yeah. times with Joe in his early times, and it was very isolating. It is still I think, what happens a lot. And you and you have and comics hold on to that shit about like the comic who's like shitty to do. them. They no matter do. who they become, like as an adult, it's just like I remember you. I remember when you were mean to me when I was an open micer. And then you have the progressive side attacking you, going, "Why didn't you do this better?" Yes, and when and, and what are you going to say on your show? So the option was, um, and remember, I never wanted to be. There was still a part of me that loved comedy. I never wanted to have the show where we just talk about comics who are offensive or we talk about whatever. But it's like that's where my group started to go. So that's what we started to talk about, and we started at that time like the comedy fans were less and less, and the political fans were more and more. And your audience shapes what you talk about, and. Uh, so I had that choice to make. They and I'm do, like, they do if you listen. Uh, yes. If you don't listen and you just, and I think it's also, and that's I don't how you know cultivate the audience you want yeah. is you don't listen and you just go, if you like me, you'll listen. Like people told me a long time ago, stop telling the machine story. But I was like, eh, I feel like when I get there, people want to hear it. Yeah. I'm going to keep, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. And if I choose to tell that in the last 15 minutes of my hour 15 show and do an hour new material, that's totally Which fine. Which is essentially the free bird yeah. encore. Yeah. And, and then the other part of me is like, and I want to tell the jokes that I'm writing. I have a joke that about having a gun now I did not choose that and I don't know what my audience feels about yeah. that but I know that it's funny and I wrote it oh I want to hear that I would I, I, I think, fun, I would think about getting a gun and writing jokes about being like a liberal who secretly wants a gun so, um, so go back to so, parking lot ice house I have one option yeah and, and and that's it it's like I I go with my wife and my fans or I try to appease these comics who are already shitting all over me you know I'm, yeah. I have to de fucking defend myself. And, uh, you know, then people were saying, like I said, stuff out of context. Like, I actually ended up texting Joe. Like, he thought I said something about, like, his family or something. I was like, you know, I didn't say that. And then he, you know, like, he walked. Me and him became, like, I went, I don't know if, like, cool is a word, but, like, we became fine. Um, and then that's when I just tripled down on everything. And I'm like, all right, fuck comedy. I guess I'm this political person, and then and and right and if I'm not mistaken, right around that time, um, uh, 
the the sit-ins are happening. Occupy. Occupy. Wall Street's happening. So that's all we're doing, and that's all we're covering, and that's um, and that's that. And then, well, you go on Citizen Radio and you you frame it. You frame it from your perspective. From my fucking stoned, terrified perspective where it's just like, yeah, I guess they fucking hate women. Uh, or, you know, I don't remember what I fucking said. I remember one thing you said, which made me giggle, is because I didn't hear Red Band say this. Oh, my God. This is the one that got me in so much trouble. <laughs> I didn't hear. But I know Brian very well, and I love Brian. I, I, actually, I really genuinely, I, one of my favorite human beings alive. I, I, went up, I went up to him at the store and did an awkward like, hey man, I hope you're good. Like, and I, I don't know if he recognized me at first, but I was like, sorry if I was a dick to you. And like, he like shook my hand and like, yeah. now we just awkwardly nod at each other. Heart. I love Brian. Well, it's so funny when you hear people say that because again, to me, he was just like this evil. So essentially what I said, at one point during the interview, during the stone interview, Brian goes, what if a girl comes when she's raped? Like, does that count? And so then I'm- By, on the, my- way, by the way, by the way, that's a Brian Redband ism like you knowing brian that's something he'd say in that in that safe space of yeah. the brogan podcast and remember, i don't know this not yeah. a safe space for jamie so the next day on citizen radio i was just like that's what a rapist says that's what a fucking crazy rapist says yeah. and then you know the next day right so you think i'm a fucking rapist and i'm like oh god for a group of people who get so mad about like you don't you take you take jokes seriously i was like everyone is taking that joke very seriously yeah um but yeah, and it just blew up. And so then I just went down the political rap and I missed stand up and I tried to do stand up again, like maybe five years ago or whatever. And then like Robin was really helping me and then fucking he died. And then I was just like, fuck comedy. Um, and I just, I, I, you know, it was, it was awful. Um, and During I, this period, are you doing the, the retweet, the social media, the, Oh yeah. I mean, I did that until my like life imploded. Like that's all I did because that, especially if I wasn't getting gigs, well, you're not going to get validation there. So you got to go on Twitter harder, yeah. you know, and you it gotta, would bum me out. It would all on being, candid it would bum me out when something would happen in comedy and and like in like the maybe i'm thinking it's in the twitter mentions or in the twitter like news things yeah something would happen in comedy like where all of us would be like oh it's gonna be sticky for him for a little bit yeah and then i'd see you being the first one that everyone was retweeting and i'd be like come on jamie yeah like, back, back. i wonder what that was besides tosh well there was there was like kurt Metzger and you got it. So Kurt, I actually, when Kurt got shit from Amy, I didn't say anything because I felt bad. But no, the the he Kurt, did he did didn't he or Sam Morell did the rape. Sam Morell, I, yeah. I did, and that yeah. I felt really bad for. That I actually, I mean, I haven't heard back from it, but I did email him to apologize because I'm like that sucks, like because he wasn't like a name yet and everyone was going after him so hard. And like, I knew Sam, like Sam, like used to book me on his show. Sam's a really sweet guy. And like, yeah, he was really sweet. And I was like, I was part of that. Um, but again, like, and this is not a defense at all. This is like, learn from my mistakes, uh, listeners. It was, I felt so burned by comedy and you know, like when you're in a shitty relationship and you just keep like, all you do is tell your friends how good the relationship is. You're like, oh yeah, me and like, me and like Diana are like, great. And we're like super healthy and like everything's good. And you're just like, just show it, show that you're good. Why are you saying this? And you realize yeah. you're saying it to convince yourself. Um, I feel like that's what I was doing with comedy and sort of the opposite where like, I had to convince myself that I made the right decisions. I was incredibly miserable. So when I saw a comic fuck up or get dragged under the bus, I would, it would validate 
that I went the right way. Man, you have a really interesting perspective on this that I that I I, I assume the rest of the world shares, but I know for a fact all fucking people, all pe- verified people on Twitter, all social media people, all people, all all comics feel. Yeah. And it's an interesting perspective because I have been there where yeah. you where you tweet something thinking uh, this this should get a, a fucking here we few, go a few retweets or, <laughs> yeah. or or I've been to the refresh thing like I post I did it yesterday yeah I posted a video of my wife tearing off with the gas tank oh I I, I saw that when I was driving up here yeah. and I was like and I and I mentioned my Alabama tour dates yeah and I was like okay these this should get in my this is so fucked up yeah but and I know you'll know this but like know this feeling but I go this should get ten thousand retweets in in in. 10 minutes yeah and it, or uh 10, 000 views in 10 minutes it should get to twenty thousand views in 30 minutes and it should be at 50 50 000 views in an hour that's yeah. where this should track yeah and i start swiping yeah and i'm like six thousand no 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 it has it reloaded swiping yeah. you're like okay nine thousand and then you go like oh was that good enough and should then I and then go? and then it's and then it at two hours it was only at fifty thousand. it never kept going and yeah. i'm like or like, or like posting a tweet and being like this is the one and it gets like two faves and you go oh, fuck and you delete it like right away dude i've like, stopped i stopped tweeting jokes i stopped tweeting jokes because i found that i was taking away from my stage because i would something that and natasha Legere, by the way said this last night on sam jones um but i found and and so i'm reiterating her statement but that's something i do also is that a, a single thought that you have and put out to tweet twitter yeah can be worked into a really good bit if you just let it marinate. Yeah. <clears throat> so well, stopped. And that's the thing, right? Where it's like, I wasn't getting stage time. So I'm like, I need people to, to clap for me. And you know, w- w- you said something that I wanted to, um, I think that a lot of people feel this way. I think that the reason that like, I mean, besides Joe, but like the reason that mindfulness and people are talking about yoga and meditation and all that stuff. I think the reason that's blowing up is because we've gone fucking haywire on like Twitter and Instagram. And I almost think it's like uh, a rebellion against that. I think people feel so disconnected. Um, And I also going out to clubs and hanging out with comics. I was like, I realized that I'm like, I wasn't seeking that out because you just get that fake validation um, online, you know? And like, uh, do you know uh, Jerry Rocha or Rocha? Yeah, yeah. Dude, like I just went to dinner with him before like some bar gig last night and it was just, it was wonderful. Just like talking to comics and being around comics. And then um, this guy, Adam Hunter, who now does jujitsu at my gym, like he was running the show. Adam Hunter was was like a state wrestling champ. Yeah, man. I'd be interested to see his jujitsu. He's great. Um, He's He's a big MMA guy too. He's a big MMA guy. And like, you know, again, I thought me and him were going to be enemies. I actually think I fucked him over. I think he made some cyborg tranny joke or something. And I probably called him out. And then me and him have become friends and I hope he's okay with this, but like, he was like, yeah, man, like that was a really hard time for me. And I was just like, fuck, like, because you don't, you don't realize that when you're only staring at a screen and you're not talking to people, you don't realize that they're people and they're with families and that maybe they misspoke or maybe uh, the uh, the article was portraying them incorrectly or their inaccuracies. You're just like, who are we going after and how am I going to get those fucking retweets? And now Adam... I mean, dude, Adam is so fucking sweet to me, and like, he's a really great guy. He's been bringing me to clubs, and we've been hanging out at jujitsu, and he's like, very, he's very, um, 
I'm not to, I mean, I know Adam, I've known Adam for a pretty long time. I don't hang out with him all the time, but I yeah. will say the one thing I know about Adam is he's very, everything on his sleeve. Like he just, yeah. he, there's yeah, no yeah, yeah. pretense to him. There's no bullshit. No. He, he's like, I'm trying to hustle in Hollywood. This is what I do. Yep. Yep. I'm, I have some passions. I'm a good joke writer, you know? Yep. And, uh, and the fact that, you know, we don't think about like the lives we can potentially ruin um, or that they're lives because we see them as like screen names. And the fact that like this dude after like I was part of a brigade that fucked him is like one of the guys who's like really trying to help me like in L.A. Like it says a lot about comics and um, but yeah, man, we don't think about that shit. You, uh, I don't think about it. I, I've, I've, I'm guilty of it. Hardcore. I've said shit on my podcast about people flippantly like not even thinking about what i've said yeah and and it may turn people off from liking a really fucking talented comic or 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 police officer like i do this single podcast and i started going like i'm kind i wonder if i'm exploiting people like i wonder if i'm not really thinking about the fact that they have lives and they have one video on the internet that i'm watching and making me laugh i mean dude i will i will say this um and i think i told you this on doug's but i i will tell you every time i see you where i got really really nervous to so once I was like I'm going back into stand up and once I was gonna do Stanhopes I was like I guess I should listen to like what people have been saying about me because I was just like in a bubble teaching jujitsu pretending that I was just starting over again mm-hmm. and um and I went back and I listened to Metzger's podcast with you and I forget if that was after Kurt and I I think it was after Kurt and I had started like texting like he texted me to make sure I was okay I think so yeah and uh, and I listened to it and. You were like so sweet. Like I was really nervous um, because like I liked you and I remembered Amsterdam and you pretty much said what you said to me at the top of the show where you were just like, yeah, man, I was just like really bummed out and like I thought of Jamie as a comic and I remember hearing that and being like, you thought of me as a comic? Like those are just things I didn't know or I didn't um, or I just, you know, the self-hate got the best of me and uh, but hearing that where I'm like, I don't know. It, 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 that was a moment I think where I realized that like I really did like the comedy community and that I, I I definitely fucked up and um yeah no that was a big one for me. I yeah I didn't think you were like a dick or anything. Well like, I'm 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 fairly self-correcting and I have, I think I have a really good heart and so like even when like like um like I, th- I even like when people go after people I always empathize with the person getting gone after That's so first awful like I automatically go like that when that that girl posted a picture of herself in the Chinese gown. Dude, yeah. And everyone's like, Culture, my, you're my dress isn't your goddamn, whatchamacallit. And and then that guy turned out to be racist. Yeah. I actually, also, wasn't she like in fucking high school or yeah, something? Yeah, and she was like, I don't really give a fuck. And then she, I know, get on her. Dude. By the way, it's so nice to see someone, Bill Burr said it best, uh, who are they? Like, who are they? Yeah. Like, if you you know, if you don't look at your phone, it's actually nobody. Uh, dude. It doesn't affect, you don't go to the grocery store and everyone's like, oh shit, you're the one in the Chinese dress? Yeah. They don't know. No, I, I remember after all that shit happened to me and even after the, that, the Rogan Tosh thing, I like wore a hoodie and sunglasses out in the street thinking everybody knows. Everybody, so funny. but here's why too. 
you live on your phone. So because you live on your phone, it does feel like it's following you around. I remember I was in some fucking Twitter fight with someone at my apartment in New York, right? So insane. And I was fighting with some stranger and I was like, you know what? This fucking sucks. I'm going to go out. I like live on a gorgeous park. I'm going to go walk around the park and I'm going to fucking, I'm going to close my laptop and I close my laptop and dude, I don't even know how it fucking happened. I'm in the park five minutes later on my phone without even remembering picking up fighting with someone else. And it's like, all these strangers on the internet, they're, if you choose to look at it, they are calling you a cunt when you're out to dinner with your family. They're calling you a cunt when you're taking a shit. They're calling you a cunt when you're going for a walk. Um, where it's like, you are bringing them everywhere with you. So of course you think the entire world knows. I mean, dude, I have been... I haven't been able to make a new guy friend without sitting them down like I'm on some pedophile watch list and like explaining like the last 10 years of my lives. And these guys are just looking at me like, bro, like calm down. Like I've made it so weird because you carry around this shame that like everyone knows everything that you've, that people have said about you uh, and shit like that. Like it's been fucking weird. Uh, But then you realize that if you put your phone away or if you turn your mentions off, uh, dude, I turn my notifications off. It's a dream. And and I was doing, I was going through a lot of what you're talking about. Like I really was like, I would like who retweeted mine. Like, you know, like who liked my videos, who, and I, and I turned my, I got a new phone and it said, would you like to allow notifications? And then I went, wait, I can choose not to have these on here. And I turned off. I can get out of this nightmare. I turned off all of them. I turned off texting, email, everything. Yep. Now, granted, I'm probably not a be- as good a businessman anymore. Yeah. Because I don't reply to things very often at all. But you've also already established that, like, you have your base. But it, I, but now I look at it at <laughs> social media as a push notification, meaning, like, yeah. I, I push out material. And if you like it, enjoy it. And if you don't like it, you feel free to comment and trash it. I just simply am not going to read that because my notifications are off and I don't want to fuck up my day. Yeah. Mm. Well, so what I did was, so I got kind of caught in the middle. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to go on, everyone was like, there is no fucking way you can read notifications. And I was like, true. But I also like, I'm starting all over again. So I need to like. It had to be cool. What be- were you, you were offline for how long? A year. A year. It was great. And, that, then, and that's almost like that's almost like an, a cleanse. Yeah. Oh, that's why when you're like uh, the reason I seem introspective or self-aware or self-critical or at all is because of that. It's like okay, well, I rock bottomed, and then I literally got to spend a year doing jujitsu, going on hikes. I had a great girlfriend. Uh, like we you broke up, but like yeah, we okay. broke up. She uh, was beautiful. She was beautiful. Yeah. She was like. So out of my league. And uh, yeah, I, was, I was wondering about that. No, yeah. <laughs> she was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. A uh, bit of a jealous streak. Uh, and <laughs> well, you had a lot going on in your life. And I, I can't imagine on. that. I remember thinking this girl's really hot. You had so much going on in your life at the time. I was like, I, I hope this lasts. Well, I mean, I'm bummed out. It didn't. It was actually me who ended it because yeah. like the, the jealous stuff did get out of control, but I'll tell you, I would a thousand percent be dead because when we first met, she was like, she was like, I get jealous and then I get mean. And I was like, you're hotter than me. I'm not going to look at any other fucking girl. I was yeah. like, there's nothing to worry about. The problem is if you're predisposed to being like that, jealous, you'll, you'll make shit up if it's not there. And, uh, 
the problem with me is I get jealous, I get mean, and then I get even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, that you're was, like, and you're like, wait, oh, I, I don't mind the first two. The even, what do you mean even, even? Can we go into that? Can You'll we, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens every relationship. It's yeah. not me. It's not you. It's me. And you're like, well, fix you. Yeah. Fix but, you and then let's me be us. And then let's work on that. Then my wife did that. My wife, when we first started dating, she goes, I don't fight fair. And I went, hold on. You know this, so why don't you so, fix this? Yeah. I was like, wait, let's fix this together. And you did the hardest part by like realizing you have a problem. Let's, yeah, like, you just realize you have a problem. I know. That's not, you can't just go, uh, oh, by the way, by the way, uh, I, I have AIDS. I do infect people. I just want you to know that. I was like, yeah, but dude, that's such a guy thing because I did the same thing and I was like, oh, we'll fix that. Oh, I was like, we'll fix your lot. Did you? I fixed oh. it. Well, not entirely, but I'll tell you yesterday, she ripped the fucking gas tank out of the <laughs> yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and she didn't blame me. Yay. She came back and she went, I fucked up. And I yeah. went, whoa, yeah. what big girl are we talking to right now? Jesus. Yeah. I was giggling so hard because all I was like this is going to be great for Instagram uh, <laughs> that's all I thought I was like I, I'll course, pay a thousand dollars whatever it is I don't give a fuck I know I know I, I we, we, we came uh, me and her like we came close to fixing it and then it, and then it just went off the wait talk about rock bottom oh oh rock bottom rock bottom was literally because so, that's when I think I saw you on on your plateau crawl out of rock bottom bottom what with the Stanhope? When I saw you, I think you were like, you were like, you're like, it's been rough. It's getting better. Yeah. I'm not there yet. I have a couple things to tidy up. Yeah. And then I can start over. Totally. Um, yeah. So, I mean, she was a huge part of not. So when all that sh- shit happened, she was out of town. Who? who? My girlfriend, Diana. Okay. And I was like. So wait, wait, hold on. Hang on one second. Were you broken up with your wife and still doing the podcast? For a little bit. Okay. For a little bit. I was doing it. Um, and that's when you hooked up with a chick and the chick was like, he hit on me. That's aggressive. No. Well, that, yeah, kind of. That we. By the way, and once again, I'm doing exactly what you said you were guilty of is I only read whatever part of those articles about you fit my agenda because I liked you. But even that, no, <clears throat> I mean, that's that's the articles. I mean, that's the problem is when you... You just, you just, you just did a couple things that are fairly regular, but are not, are are not line agendaed with your podcast and your fan base. Exactly. Um, By the way, and and it's just stuff like, uh, like going, Hey, do you want to come back to my room? Yeah. Well, and then the, and you and your wife had an open relationship. Yes. And you're being like, which it also didn't make it out to be. So it seems like I was just like recklessly cheating on her with like a million people. And, uh, and, and and by the way, even in the article that trashes me, it was like, and the girl said yes, and he treated me really well. And like, it, you're not a creep. No, you've never. By the way, I don't. Dude, I don't, think I don't even make yeah. first moves on girls because I'm so fucking awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, me too. It's the AIDS oh, virus. Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, and uh, but you know, if you. I mean, God, if you Google me, please click links that aren't horrible. Um, but I mean, I have to say this where it's like trying to climb back up and like get gigs and, you know, um, like reps and all that stuff, especially with what's going on now. You Google me. And if you just look at the headlines, it looks like I was accused of fucking sexual assault or it looks like I was accused of like, um, you know, creeping on girls who like didn't want it or. Uh, and by the way, you're hang on. You're and I mean, I, I hope that I can say this, but you're allowed to like hit on girls that don't want you to hit on them and then they say no and, and then, then you go, you go yeah, sorry okay, my sorry. bad bye by the way I did that my whole fucking life I hit on women yeah. that didn't want to have sex with me but I'd, I'd, I'd pursue it I'd say hey do you want to you know oh, no thanks okay alright and then we'd end back, back at our house and be like oh hey what's up it's you and then not I mean like with a big group of people and then we'd be in the kitchen I'd be talking and and 
and you'd say something again and she'd be like, I'm not interested. And you're like, okay, just check in. I mean, yeah. by the way, that's, that's so, you're allowed to like ask someone, do you think I'm attractive? Well, do you want to hit on and me? Yeah. And again, if it works out, like I have a, I, I have a producer friend who like met his wife and they have beautiful kids and like she was in like costumes or like something lower than, if dude, it works dude, out, dude. we go, this is amazing. They met at work. It's they, so varied. And this is the problem I have. It's so varied in that, yes, uh, what Harvey Weinstein was doing was rape and it was across the board abuse of power. Yeah. There's no question about that. What if I was like, well. But there's also women I'm certain that that had to have interacted with Harvey Weinstein that probably maybe met their husband at work. You yeah. know, like that, 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 that is also like, like uh, Anthony Bourdain met his wife who was sexually assaulted by fucking um, Harvey Weinstein, I think I'm, I'm not, oh, I'm wow. almost certain. I, I don't I may, right. yeah. Allegedly, I don't fucking know. Yeah. But Anthony Bourdain's a solid fucking dude across the board. He met his wife, who was targeted by Harvey Weinstein on the job. He met her on a shoot. Right. They met. That's how you meet sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you are working and you see an attractive person and you guys click and you go, oh shit, is this happening? And you're like, oh, it is. Yeah. And then you fall in love, you get married, and you have a fucking solid across the board dude like Anthony yeah. Bourdain who would never do a thing. But yeah, he met you at work. Right. Yeah. He met his last wife at work. Yeah. He met his last. By the way, he works a lot. Yeah. Where the fuck else is he going to meet people? Yeah. And I mean, I. Uh, he... And he is not, by the way, across the board, I don't know Anthony Bourdain, but I kind of do in my heart because I feel like we worked together for seven years, although yeah. I've never fucking met the guy ha. but i feel like we get along really well because we both like you guys so i'm like you yeah. cool but like he is not a creeper but yeah he met he's not a, ba a sexual assaulter no man and i mean i uh god now when i date i'm just like they literally have to be like i would like i had a girl literally be like are you gonna fuck me or not i'm like oh great we're good all right cool i can yeah i can do that like yeah. that's what it comes down to <laughs> i am not like the sexy alpha um but so when that happened, so the rock bottom was, so my girlfriend was out of town. My girlfriend who said, I get jealous and then I get me. And I was like, well, this isn't going to fly. Yeah. Um, you know, she's never seen me look at another girl, but I was like, this is literally her nightmare. And so wasn't taking calls from my family, had zero. And I was getting it on both ends because comics got to be like, ha, ha, ha. It bit him in the ass. It looks hypocritical. Yep. And then, uh, so there was... That was the thing is usually when there's like a scandal, quote unquote, um, you have people to defend you as well. And I had, had no, way. I burnt both sides, right? Wow. Where the wow. one side will refuse to listen and reach out and they just mob. Right. And then comics, I fucked. So I am my girlfriend who is out of town with her family is jealous and mean, I am told. And so that you were literally are one man on an island. I, I remember all the lights were off in my apartment. I had just moved to LA um, after the separation and felt like I was finally like getting my life on track. Diana moved in. Um, so you were split up from your wife. You're out in we LA. We were split up for a while. Yeah. yeah and, but I, you're not doing the podcast. Now you're not doing the podcast. Uh, well, I, I stopped like the week before, but we were doing it like via Skype for a little while. Okay. And so you're out in LA and then it comes out and your wife, your ex-wife, kind of throws you under the bus as opposed to going, look, I know I've known the guy for a very long time. We were talking about it for a long time off the phone or like on the phone and stuff like that. And then I don't know, something pushed her. Um, and again, I, 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 well, I, I, I worked I, I wonder, very hard not to like, uh, shit on her or any of like the, the girls or whatever. I always liked um, your, by the way, I always liked your ex-wife. I a, listened to the podcast. Yeah. She's I never funny. disliked your ex-wife. And by the way, I don't have a problem with people who have an agenda or have, or, or have a viewpoint and a stance and an angle. Like, like she's very progressive. Dude, I don't have a problem with that. I was supposed to do this um, 
I was supposed to do this interview for this really big newspaper, kind of like clearing my shit up. And uh, the other night, and we were across the street from the comedy store doing the interview. And the interviewer, I haven't said this to anybody, but the interviewer goes, uh, oh wait, secret time, that's what we say. Um, And the interviewer goes, you and your wife are really like ride or die, right? And I just start like bawling. Like I, like I, I, and I realized that like all that shit that happened to me was so insane and so fucking crazy that I'm like, oh, I didn't get to mourn my divorce. Like I didn't get to mourn like my normal person sad thing. Like I was so busy being like, the internet hates me. People think I'm a fucking like predator. Like I'm going to kill myself. Like I'm breaking up with my, that I was just like, I mean, this is like fucking, we've been separated for like two years, man. Like something like crazy like that. And I was just like, fuck we were right or die and fuck like we did live out of the car together and she wasn't a journalist when i met her and like we met provenza together in like albuquerque after doing like mushrooms and that's how i got edinburgh and that's how i got you know like all this stuff and i just like broke where i was like i literally didn't get the chance to be sad about a divorce which is like a normal person thing right and so so i'm sitting in the apartment I have no idea how I'm going to bring it up to my girlfriend. So I'm just like, I'm actually, I'm Googling like ways to like kill myself. I'm like trying to figure out like what's the least painful way. Uh, and, and then I'm just like feeling like a piece of shit. Cause like, I'm like looking at like knots and I'm like, I don't know how to tie a fucking knot. And like, you just feel like you're such a fuck up. You would like kill. I'd be the guy who like kills himself wrong it's and is so like paralyzed. The joke I made on Stan hopes is you're Googling ways to kill yourself. And one of the answers is watch Jamie Kilstein's hour. No! <laughs> Do you remember I said that on the podcast and I was like, and you were like, Oh, thank you for breaking my balls. Yeah. Like I feel like a comic again. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. But it's true. And like, dude if i was around people like that for all this i mean look i got out of it and so diana like you know i've told some of her like more insane jealousy stories because she said i could um but like i will use this podcast to be like i would be dead without her like she had my back she's a cool chick she was cool she had my back so fucking hard and and was allison reaching out to you at any point of this she threw you under the bus and was like you're dead we just had to talk the divorce stuff and it was like not fun and uh i just like was like i don't uh, oh, I probably can't talk about that, but I like don't see anything. And like, I was pretty much like, I, I'll i go live on a couch. I just want this to end. Um, and so... It stinks that someone that you shared ideas with, shared thoughts with, shared a podcast with, shared hours of conversation with, all of a sudden it just ends. I like mean, someone that knows you so well and knows you're not a predator, knows you're not a fucking creep. I've thought about that. I've thought about that for a while and like... Again, like I'm not going to say anything negative, so I'll, I'll say something maybe to Defender where it's like, it's also got to be really weird to live in a world and a community where a bunch of girls are saying that about like your husband and like me and her had a pretty like very like platonic relationship. Like we were like best friends and I don't know, maybe like it, it was easier to like that's got to be an awful place for her to be too where all these yeah. people are like your husband's a fucking creep like what do you do like when there's a pile on on her end and you know in her mind she didn't do anything and she's getting this pile on i mean she was probably just fucking pissed where suddenly she's getting these emails about like her it's husband deep. like gallivanting off and just like fucking a bunch of girls like that's not fun remember when we were in an open relationship 
I mean, I remember you, you don't know this, but when we were in an open relationship, it was don't ask, don't tell, which feels like you're fucking cheating. It's not fun. Um, like literally like you can't get put, you can't go to a bar and someone's like, are you in a relationship? And you're like, I'm in a secret open relationship. That sounds like you're fucking cheating. Yeah. And, uh, and so it wasn't, it was don't ask, don't tell for a reason. She didn't want to fucking know. And so now you have all these people contacting you like that's that's awful for her too that it's I think probably easier and I, and I say this you're right empathizing with her it's probably easier for her to say I guess I just didn't know him than to go like wait and I think also hold on did, I do know him yeah it's, know. it's it's easier for her to and I, I I'm certain she's not listening to this but if she was <laughs> to listen to this I, I'm saying this in her defense in one of those moments, it's easier to go like pull the v- victim card as opposed to try to find the hero card in the other person. I think her, um, I mean, fuck, it's kind of like what I went through with the Rogan thing, right? Where it's like, it's kind of like, well, I have all these people on my side and like, yeah, what am I going to do? And also like, also I have a fucking podcast. She's also doing citizen radio. Yeah. Or like a version of it. Um, and oh, and, but then she also, uh, that's a whole thing, but like, um, yeah. So like, and in a weird way, in a weird way, and by the way, this is a little shitty to say, and I apologize if she is listening to this. I don't mean this shitty towards her, but let's just be honest. The same way I looked at my wife ripping off the gas nozzle yesterday, (laughs) she probably looked at, oh, this is she might have looked at this is a great way to fill that agenda that I can write about I can now write that I was with a predator this is what it's like ladies this is guys this is now fodder it's almost like like fucking well and also remember that like that scene that I'm in is so like attack dog yeah that it's like she was probably about to be brought down where like that she was probably getting emails probably getting emails from journalists who were like, if you don't say something like you're enabling this or you're whatever. And it's like, Oh wow. How fucking exhausting is that? I'm so glad that I don't have like a party affiliation. I know. I have a good heart. I still have to deal with it, but, and man, I realize this too. Um, this is gonna sound, this is not meant to sound self-congratulatory and none of this, by the way, I want to be like, I'm a victim. Like it's like, no, but you, you, but you're not, but I don't think you have at all. I think, I think part of you has shared, um, shared the in, inadequacies, which I think we all share in that yeah. the retweet culture, the finding the fans and the, and, and I think you just, I, I mean, what I like about where you're at as a person right now, this is going to sound really silly to say the part of that me that is jealous and where you're at (laughs) is this, it's a new salad days. I love the salad days of life. Uh, When you first have kids, those are your salad days. When you first get married, those are your salad days. When you first move, start comedy, those are your salad days. When you just can't get enough, you're starving for the meal, but all they've given you is a salad and you're just fucking wolfing it down. I'm, I'm, and, and what you're going through right now where you're like, fuck it. I train, I do comedy, I get introspective. Yeah. I'm going to go have coffee. I'm going to write. I'm going to fucking meet chicks. I'm going to have a few beers. I'm going to grab a pizza on the ride home. I'm going to wake up alone and I'm going to fucking go and start my day and breathe in some sunshine. Yeah, man. I mean, this is the fucking happiest I've been like, oh, oh, and you're right about like that, like rediscovery. Like, do you know how excited I am to like feature for somebody? Dude. Like, I remember like, as I was headlining when I stopped and, and, and all this stuff. And I, I was starting to like take it for granted a bit. And like, I wasn't really hanging out with like comics the way I used to. And Taking things for granted. It should be an illness. Oh, seriously. If, if you can, if you can always not take that. I, I took 
a, uh, I had a line one time, a meet and greet line. This is before I was selling tickets. Yeah. This is before I was ever selling tickets. I had a meet and greet line in Philadelphia that was maybe a hundred people long. Yeah. And I, I remember this so vividly. I looked down the line and I thought to myself, ugh, I can't do this. I remember when I did that too. And then the next time I went into Philly, no one stood in my meet and greet line. Whoa. And I stood there as people walked out. And there was still the same amount of people there to see me. Show good. But just, yeah. yeah it was, but it was just a different energy. They didn't yeah. care to shake my hand. And they were like, hey, great show, man. And love you on uh, WMME or whatever. Yeah. And they'd walk out. And I was like, I was like, whoa, I took it for granted. Yep. That is why fucking, I don't know how many shows I did this year. Fucking 300 shows, whatever. Yeah. Every single fucking show I do a meet and greet. Yeah. And, and I go and I don't ever take it for granted. And by the way, of course you did that before you were selling tickets because I did that when I wasn't because you're you're almost like projecting this like air of fame that you don't have yet. Oh. So you're going, oh, I have to go do this. And it's like, yeah, dude, this is everything you ever wanted. You should be fucking excited about it. But... You, but you're not there yet. You're in that weird like blue belt stage yeah. where you 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 think you're more than you are, even though you are starting to like get accomplished. Now you just want it like sooner, sooner, sooner. So you start to yeah resent the fucking people who are there to see you and who are supporting you. And oh my god, I totally did that. And now you offer me a fucking unpaid eight minute club set in Burbank. I am driving there so fucking fast and yeah. appreciating it. And and here's another thing with the, with, with the politics. Which which is like when I was screaming and yelling at people about being a good person and shitting people on Twitter, I was not a good person. Um, you know, I certainly wasn't predatory, but I was, you know, I was sleeping around. I was selfish. I was, um, I wasn't calling my family a lot. Um, selfish is an interesting word because I think I'm selfish and I know, I know what you mean by selfish. I know what you mean. You don't mean like, it's 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 yeah selfish it, 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 i i have hints of selfishness i'm a very selfish person where it, 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 it's almost like it's uh, it, uh, not even narcissistic but you don't even know that you're doing it you yeah. just are oblivious to the fact that like other like you're just oblivious like if i came to you and was just like um and was like, hey, uh, you know, like, can I feature for you? If part of you was just like, man, he doesn't know, like, I had a shitty day too. Like, I had a TV thing turned down. Or, like, somehow, like, I would always, like, kind of make it about me. Like, why is this person asking me for something? Don't they know how depressed I am? Or don't they know how, well, yeah, you know, yeah. what? Turn it into you. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember I got pissed at some guy. I was doing a show in uh, New Mexico and someone, and I like made some like fucking earnest emo douchebag announcement. Like I'm quitting drinking and things are really hard for me. So like, I'm not going to be talking to people after the show. It's like the 30 people who were there. And uh, some kid came up to me. Granted, this is a little weird. And he was like, Hey man, I just want you to know, like the last show I went to, I drove from like Austin and I was going to kill myself. And then I saw your show and uh, it was like right before that. And then they were like, funny man, Jamie Kilsey. And they brought me up. I'm like, I fucking, I hope I'm good tonight. I hope I don't blow it. But then there was part of me that I'm like, well, why do you fucking tell me that? Like, I'm getting ready for a show. And it's like, he told me that because he was a sad kid who almost killed himself. And he drove six hours to see fucking stupid, not famous me. And I saved his life. And that's incredible. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, I was like, didn't you fucking hear the announcement? Didn't you hear that I was trying not to drink? And it's just like, fuck, didn't man. Didn't hear the announcement? Um, like, so <clears throat> conceited. But now it's like. You lose everything and you have a moment where it's like, well, all right, I either kill myself or I become a better person. I become a person I thought I was. And now I don't really tweet about politics at all. Um, but I talk to my mom every day and I get to like teach kids jujitsu and not every day, but I talk to my mom a lot. And like, I'm like, I have like a great relationship with my brothers and like, I've like, 
of like told women who wanted to sleep with me being like, you don't want to, I'm not in a place. And I've actually like said no to women instead of like needing that validation. Cause that's why I slept around so much on the road is I just like, I just needed validation and love and I hated myself and I didn't think I was attractive. And then, uh, and so I would sleep with literally anyone. If you made a move on me, you're hot. Like that's <laughs> yeah. all I fucking needed. Uh, yeah. It's, validation is so fucking slippery I know man it's, does it happen from our dads my dad always validated me well I, I may, may I take that back he definitely validates me now I think he validated me when I was a kid I'm almost certain he did I think but I just I do have a weird need for validation obviously I do stand up comedy I need yeah. strangers approval of my thoughts I don't know I mean it's always easy to run to the mom and dad thing were you, but you were popular in college yeah I was really I was unpopular um, being funny was like the only thing that stopped me from kind of getting like beat up. Um, but I wasn't popular. I mean, for me, it was the girl thing where it was just like being I, a virgin for so long and then having my, then my first two girlfriends cheated on me. Mm, and I got cheated on. Did you? Yeah, pretty hard. Yeah. Oh, but, wait, I think I've heard you talk about that. Yeah, I've been che- I was cheated on really hard twice. Oddly enough, um, twice to, to very, the girl that I lost my virginity to cheated on me Yeah. at our, oh. at her prom. Oh, and Jesus. yeah, yeah. And then we all spent the night at her house and I, it's, ooh, this is hardcore secret time. Yeah. This is really embarrassing secret time because my daughters are listening to this song called Michael in the Bathroom. Have you heard it? No. Oh, have you heard it? Oh. It's this fucking ridiculous song about, I'm, I'm pretty certain. And by the way, whatever progress the right thinks or the left thinks that we're making, yeah. we're not. No. Okay. Kids are still fucking kids. No, kids are not still fucking kids. Kids are still, kids fucking, are still kids. fucking kids. We are <clears throat> not fucking kids. No, but like, but like there's this song, Michael in the bathroom. And it's about this kid who, um, goes to a party. I think, and he ends up in the bathroom and he's talking about he, him being himself a loser that he's hiding in the bathroom because his buddy left to talk to a girl. Yeah. And I said, I go, wait, what's he doing in the bathroom? My daughters are very progressive, yeah. I would argue. And uh, they're just like, oh, he's gay. And I'm like, what? And like, clearly he's gay and he's in love with his friend. And they're just like, almost like making fun of the fact that he's this gay kid. Yeah. And I was like, wait, aren't you guys like, don't you have friends that are like bisexual? And they're like, dad, it's a fad. Oh, kids, Jesus. Like kids are saying they're bisexual when they're not bisexual. Kids are saying they're transgender just to get attention. Whoa. And you're like, whoa. So I'm sorry. All these people over on the right or, may, or left are making huge leaps and bounds. Yeah. Socially. Yeah. And the kids that are supposed to be affecting are just as meatheaded as yeah. the kids in the fucking 80s the same now granted they are my children so there might be they are my children (laughs) but all their friends are all it's it's so funny but we're this song michael in the bathroom my secret time was uh i got cheated on at the prom we were all supposed to go spend the night at her house we all get driven back to her house i'm drinking i'm not talking to anybody but i'm not drinking drinking but I'm, i'm i have had booze maybe i didn't and i went and i slept in um her car oh. at her slumber party yeah. and her dad, the nicest guy in the fucking world comes out and he's like knocks on the window. This is like man time. Yeah. Knocks on the window. He's like, this isn't how it's done, buddy. And oh. I was like, I was like, what? And he goes, this isn't, you can't do this, man. And he's like, I don't know what happened. I don't want to know what happened, but just go in the house, be a man. You go in the house. Whoa. And I was like, All right. And I got out of the car and I walked in the house and no one said anything to me. And I just sat there and I fucking went to sleep 
Had some breakfast. Went home. I uh, got picked up, or my dad picked me up. Holy shit, but man! I remember his. What a fucking guy! Just knocked on the window, and I, he just shook his head, and he was like, "This isn't how it's done. Be a man. Like you gotta be a man. You gotta go in that room. Oh, it, it stings. I love that. I don't know what happened to you. I don't need to know what happened. It's my daughter. But this isn't how it's done. Holy and I was shit. like, fuck. Anyway, um, uh, I've gotten to the point. By the way, I thought I could hold it, where the piss is like clouding my brain. Well, how, uh, how many times time have we done? Oh uh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, well, why don't we we'll wrap it up, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. we'll have you come back. And, I, I, oh, can I would talk love to you, man. I could talk to you very easily. I've always felt that. Yeah, and so and and I love. You know, obviously, I wanted to talk a little bit about the stuff that you happened. You have. I to think a, a lot bit. of people wanted want to know what's going on or how that was processed for you. Yeah. But I love the fucking way we started talking about the fucking AIDS and shame and and I, in oh, the middle yeah. of it, I was like, oh, this is a nice intro. Yeah. But, it's a, but uh, I could talk to you about anything, man. Oh, me too, dude. Uh, you're very open and honest, and I like the place you're in now. I think the place you're in now is super healthy for you. Yeah, and it's starting to come out. It's starting to come out of my stand-up. I mean, I... That's where it has to come out. And you just got to get on stage a bunch so that this... That your voice, your your voice and your insights on what the internet was for you and what it did to you and where it took you and where you've seen the darkness. Yeah. I think that's a really fucking hot take it's, on, on yeah, life right it, now. It's interesting. I'm in a weird spot, though, because I've also had people on the opposite side of where I've been sort of want me to suddenly be like the the anti me too per like the the, the sexist sort of oh, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, no I I, yeah, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't listen to anyone and I just do you that's the plan but I mean dude I'll tell you like I mean I definitely had a moment where I was like living on a couch and like maxed out my credit cards and like trying to afford getting to my brother's wedding and like you see that trajectory where you're like oh there's the book deal right like the former guy on the left who now like seen the light and I go on Fox News well, you know and I what do would be the, cool to be down honest with you, Jamie and I think you're a really fucking smart person. I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind reading an article that you wrote about your experience with the Me Too and where the hypocrisy lies in it and where's you have a you have a you have a real fucking Jon Snow meaning like you can't die. Yeah. You you, you have a Jon Snowness about you with That's this funny. Me Too stuff where you're like we're like, hey, yeah, I already been called all the bad things. You can't call I can be I now I get to say what it what I believe. Yeah, I think that I mean, two things. I think for the women, I think that like right now, so many people are getting justice that they thought they would never get or haven't gotten for so long that it's like no one is real. Like you remember when like Matt Damon was like, man, me too is great. But like Al Franken's not that bad. And they treated Matt like, yeah. like, like he was like a fucking rapist. Yeah. Uh, but also like for me where I'm like, I still... Like I'll still see like a comic. Go I piss. Go piss okay, in my yeah, backyard. Yeah, yeah. Go piss in my backyard because I want to finish this conversation. Right, and I and I know you have to piss. Just go around the corner and piss by the the big bird of paradise. Okay. They canceled Roseanne. They canceled Roseanne. They completely canceled it. Yeah. What the fuck? Yep. It's Jamie is pissing, Jamie. and you just are you serious? Yep. What did she say? She called her. Oh, she said after racist tweet. By the way. Holy shit. The world just keep. This is Joe Rogan's tweet. Weirder and weirder. Um, she called Obama aide Valerie Jarrett as the child of the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes. By the way, this really opens a fucking. I mean, this is the number one watch show in America. This really opens up a doorway to take that production online with advertisers who will support her, and and keep making a show for people that want to watch it. All the MAGA people. I mean, that that's fucking insane. 
Did I didn't, you, I didn't read her tweet. It? I didn't read her tweet, and I didn't watch the show. And my buddy produced it, and and my friend wrote it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. So like I I did, but I didn't watch it. I'm sorry, guys. I think the advice is why I'm reading someone's. Holy shit! Well, being that this podcast is going to be released in a month, I guess it's, <laughs> it's a little hot. We're news. like seven behind. More than. Oh my more god! They just canceled Roseanne. Whoa! They just canceled. Right I, I mean, the way I saw the tweets going, what was I it? so so that was gonna so from your expertise in yeah. in Twitter and and the retweets and the whatnot, what was she, like, what was she like? Well, Roseanne kind of had that Owen Benjamin, like Roseanne, like it wasn't as nuanced as her show was, uh, and that man, the writing staff on the new show was so good. Um, her tweets were just like, like the tweet she had, I think she just called like Valerie Jarrett, like an ape. Like they weren't like, or like if like, it's not like a trans joke. Yeah. Ape. Like straight up. Like, it, or it wouldn't be like a it's, trans it's, joke. I'm that, only laughing because it's such a fucking horrible thing. She's like, just, like who doesn't know not to tweet yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. She was just like, or she said it was like a combination of the Muslim brotherhood and an ape. And I was just like, oof. Uh, but she would do that where like, it wouldn't be like a transgender joke that got misconstrued. She'd, she'd just be like, no. she'd just be like, that chick has a dick and you're just like all right well that's where you stand on that so i think she's what do you think do you now what do you think when you have say you have a fan base like roseanne now and supporters that are going to go to the fucking mat for her yeah like those numbers are legit and 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 the fucking fact that she was a trump supporter in the character yeah is the reason i mean it's hard man because this is what we were talking about sort of with like the peterson thing where it's like you start to take away other voices there's going to be pushback that's even harder they're going to double down because now i mean i bet you fucking money donald trump's going to say something about this or tweet and be like this is what uh i'm talking about freedom of the, speech yeah they're taking away Probably freedom of speech yeah freedom of speech abc's also got the right to not be in business with her that's the thing it, i mean it, abc's completely and also like in the say, right to say like wanda hey, listen this yeah. is not what we're it's bizarre because I applaud a network who goes um, morals first, money second. Me too. But part of me thinks they are virtue signaling by going, we'll cancel it. We're going to cancel. Well, they're money no matter what, where it's like, if it was morals first, because of some awful stuff she's tweeted about Muslims, transgender people, and like, you know, look, I've only had two encounters with Roseanne and they were lovely. I thought you were going to say Muslims. Um, no, with Muslims. Yeah, I stay away from Muslims. Um, oh, I want to talk about this alt comedy. Anyway, so. No, no, uh, no, say it out loud so we can put a pin in it. Oh, uh, alt comedy progressives. Uh, okay, yep, yep, put a pin I, in I that. I was thinking about that on the way here. Uh, Wait, go back to the Roseanne thing real quick. Well, yeah, I've met her twice and she was lovely to me. Uh, She's great. But uh, yeah, her Twitter, it looks like it's someone else. But if they cared about <laughs> more, if, if they cared about morals yeah they wouldn't have they would have done something about this a long time ago i think it still is money because there was such an outrage everyone was tweeting about it this morning wanda walked away wanda um, walked from the show yep she's like well, yeah, i guess you can't call yes a black person an ape and then an expect ape black and people just, to work for and be you. like hey you see that ape you joke cannot I put say, out, yeah. wanda wait the, the, so, so the lady she talked about is black yeah, it was Valerie Jarrett who worked under the Obama administration. She's yeah, she called her a combination of the Muslim Brotherhood and an ape. I thought so. A terrorist she, ape is what she called her. I the thought, bad guy from Planet of the Apes. I thought she was 
Muslim. I thought she was Middle Eastern. I apologize. No, I think she's black. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 No good. Um. But yeah. So it's like it is still money. I mean, that's the thing with these networks, where like it's 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 it, it, who's mad? Are more people mad? Okay, then we'll cancel it. Let's do this if you can, and you don't have to, by the way. But I I always like games like this. Yeah. yeah. Let's rate. What do you have to get out of here? No, 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 no. My radio started playing. Let's rate. Uh, let's rate <laughs> races yeah, fair. based on their importance fiscally to networks, okay, meaning great. their outrage and how quickly the network, because I think number one is Afro, it was black. But yeah. I won't say African-American because that's racist. By the way, everybody, it's black. Yeah. There are, they, just because a person is of color who's black doesn't mean they're from know, Africa. When they're like, I'm from Atlanta, you're like African-American. Yeah. I got this. They're just black. So I think black people are number one. I think white people are still number one. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Right? I wasn't. I wasn't using white people. <laughs> this is why I need someone like you in my life. I'm. This is what's wrong with me. And what? Like I'm the idiot that's such a fucking hypocrite that I go. I don't use rape jokes, and then to immediately do a rape joke, was, and then and then I go. I go. Oh, I don't consider white people outraged. <laughs> white people's outrage is yeah. number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black people. So, I apologize for what I just did. So black people get outraged, and then once they get like the white celebrities on board, and then it's like now we are a go. Okay. Uh, then black. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Asian. Uh, hold on. When was the last like? Oh, when was Silverman? the last great Hispanic outrage? No. no. By There's the way, not, I right? have a theory about this. I believe that we are on the precipice of a Latino um, uh, um, civil rights movement. Yeah. Because I believe that Latinos in general are possibly one of the most overlooked members of our society. Yeah. And I and I think it has a lot to do with. And by the way, I may be saying something that I don't know anything about it has a lot to do with um, f- the fear of being sent back and losing what you have. Yeah, man. If you have a lot to lose, you don't want to fucking cause a, a mess. But and I think that there are a lot of I mean, with all the shit that's happening to Mexicans in our country, there's pushback. Yeah, and, yeah. But the pushback is is even more terrifying because those those who really want to push back are afraid that, to say out loud, I'm an illegal alien because I'm going to fucking lose everything. Dude, when I saw some of those dreamer protests, um, there were literally like college kids who would wear shirts that said like, I'm illegal deport, like would show up with a fucking shirt that said I'm illegal and was just like, fuck you. Like I'm still showing up to this. And it's just like, you don't get braver than that. I mean, Dude, you really don't. Well, so just, Oh, so, uh, so, 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 because, a, so I guess Asian, yeah. Asians, a, Asians are, are fucking on it. Oh yeah. The t- yeah. And they got, and I think they get probably shit on the most out of everyone. Yeah. Cause it's still acceptable to make Asian jokes. Yeah. You know, not acceptable, but it's still, they're still it's like f- joke bookie. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, like you said, like there are a lot of black comics will do it very easily <laughs> and no one will say anything. Right. Um, I think it goes bl- white, black, Asian, Muslim, yeah, yeah, because there's still enough like Muslim hatred that M- like Islamophobia yeah, in this country that is that they don't really get their demands right away. Um, I, think, I think I gotta be honest, with you, I think Mexicans get the short end of the stick. Yeah, La- or Latinos, I'll say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, African Latinos. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> um, well, so this is what I wanted to bring up, which is I just like moved out of the valley and I've been here so much where I started playing. Uh, like I, I started 
playing that haha club um and going to the haha over on Langrove show mm-hmm. yeah and jack jr. uh like shout out to jack jr oh my god it's a great Dude, fucking club great it's great i by the way i am sorry jack that i didn't come to your birthday show i wanted to so bad but i got in the car to leave I, we, we were going for my daughter's dance and my wife was going to drop me off at the haha and my daughter said do you have to do stand-up tonight oh. and i went what and she goes it would be nice to watch some TV with you and know that my dad was sleeping at our house when I went to sleep. Dude, she's got went, you on lock. And I was like, bitch. Yeah. You, she's got all the sensibility of her mom and she's got my heart. Like, oh, like, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it fucking cuts me in half. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I texted Jack. I'm like, I'm not going to make it. But he had a great show. I think Gabe was there. Oh, man. I actually have to, was there. I have to call him today because I did like, I guess my audition maybe uh, last week. Um, so I'm going to call him when I leave here actually. He's great. Um, but I went there and then... Uh, and then I've been playing the ice house and flappers and I was thinking about all of the sort of like alt comics who will shit on clubs. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about all the clubs I did on the road. And then I was especially thinking of haha and the ice house. Cause the ice house I actually thought would be very white because Pasadena is very white, but it's not no. It's like a ton of Hispanics and which same, makes that club so much fun. So <laughs> fucking fun. I've I hate never, to stereotype, but I will say, man, you put a bunch of Mexicans in a fucking room oh, and you're going to have one fucking fun dude, show. I've had a fucking blast. So I remember like just assuming you were supposed to shit on those clubs and uh, you know, all the alt guys who shit on clubs in general and me when I used to shit on clubs in general, I went to an alt show the other night. My friend was going to like recommend me there and it was just like white hipster after white hipster. The conversations I heard were so fucking bad. My friend comes in and just like these like fake woke conversations and like networking stuff. And my friend comes in and she goes, Hey, I'm going to introduce <laughs> you to the booker. And I go, cool. I just got to make a phone call really quick. And I fucking snuck out and I yeah. texted her and was just like, Hey, I had to go to my spot. Like, sorry, like, don't worry about it. And I was like, the fact that all the woke comics will shit on the clubs that are filled with fucking minorities and then they get to go do their virtual sig- virtue signaling jokes to a bunch of other fucking privileged ass white people going to an alt show on a fucking Tuesday night. Talking about being woke to a group of... All white people. Yeah. It was all fucking white people. And then you go to haha, and there's like a white couple, at least in the show I did, there was like a white couple yeah. and it was an amazing audience. And I, I, I was thinking about that where I was like, I used to be in that scene of all people that would shit on road guys or shit on clubs. And it's like, those are the normal people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just got like sort of infuriated at, the at thing, old Jamie. It's the <laughs> thing, the thing that I think it will be the trouble that I, Aziz will have to overcome Yeah, is and I think it was a trouble that you had to overcome is is what people perceive to be woke is not there's no that, that's impossible. No, it's just saying the right things. <clears throat> it's it's saying it just is impossible to to be it, like you know you're like I don't think Aziz did anything horribly wrong other than not betray his brand and his brand was it, same with you I don't mm-hmm. think you did anything horribly wrong except for betray your brand and that mm-hmm. is this woke dude yeah who likes to fuck yeah like like by the way you're allowed to fuck but being woke means you've got to say uh, you know how much have you had to drink you know like being it's it's really difficult well and that's another weird thing where it's like talk about like suppressing again and shame and stuff like that is if, if it gets to a point where like, yeah, dudes on the left, like don't want to talk about fucking like when, when I first talked to Stanhope and he was trying to like convince me to, uh, 
to come back and come on the show. I was really scared. Um, and he was talking about how we essentially just started talking about comedy and he's like, what all of our favorite comics talk about on stage, talk about openly on stage to cheers and laughs are infinitely worse than what, even if it's true, you were accused of quote unquote. Yeah. It was just that we lived in this sort of like, you know, insular bubble. And, and in a weird way, I think that's why so many comics are like, we're depressed and maniacs and self-hating, but actually like really lovely, empathetic, sweet people because they do just vomit all their shit out on stage. Um, whereas like, yeah, if you like are in a circle where like you're not allowed to talk about like wanting to get laid like dude you know how bad like i got to the point where like i thought that was terrible to say like oh i want to fuck her like it's been so long since i've just been around dudes and just be like hot fuck her and 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 you're like just being able to verbalize it instead of what like holding it in and stewing that's when shit gets creepy dude i was with i was with a bunch of grown-ups the other day yeah like grown up like regular grown ups that aren't in the business oh not comics yeah yeah and um <laughs> is that what you call non comics grown ups yeah like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. regular like, adults I have a bunch of regular friends too and yeah. they were just they were like they're just now hearing about cis gendered oh yeah, cis, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah they just now it's just getting to them it's so funny and it's so funny to know about this for so long about uh, you know, it's L, it's LBGTQ AI now. Oh, I, AI! I, I must have been uh, in hiding when they added AI. I don't know what it is, but they were saying. I like that you're the woke person of your other friends. Oh, oh, but yeah, hardcore, and they're and, but, and I'm just woke in that I know what yeah, the thing yeah, is. I'm like I always say I'm 1991 woke, <laughs> and so like uh, and so like I was listening to them. And they are all so fucking liberal. Yeah. Just mock the idea that you can't just say I'm a guy. Well, I, like yeah. and 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 and, the, and I was like I was like guys hold on one second hold on one second and I was like let, let me explain to you and like I was trying to and they were like no this is fucking ridiculous and I was, and I, and and I was like but yeah but you gotta understand you know like there because there's a kid that came out in our kids' school that is um oh. The whole topic, subject talked started about Han Solo, and one of the people had seen Han Solo. Yeah, it see, heard the reviews that Han Solo's transgendered, not no trans, no pansexual. Pansexual? Oh. And pansexual means you can fuck animals too. Like, Does it? Yeah, because yeah, because Han Solo lives in a universe where you would theoretically you, you could fuck a dog. Can you guys stop ruining my fucking movies? And it's like, and it's like, so like, but theoretically if they do that, because Han Solo also fucks aliens. Aliens. So yeah, but, but theoretically once you're pansexual, you can fuck anything, dudes, animals, whatever. And so they were like pansexual, pansexual, like what the fuck? And in my head, I finally wanted to go, you shouldn't even brought that up to fucking America that Han Solo's pan, or not, no, Lando Calrissian, Lando Calrissian. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, Lando Calrissian's pansexual. Oh yeah, because he was like uh, the robot thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so it was like, I felt like going, guys, it's just, you're, you're, you're looking at that, the stinger missile. You're paying attention to the fucking spinner offer. Dude, you know, what's really strange. I think that a lot of people, so I almost did an Edinburgh show this year, like talking about all of it, but then I'm like, I don't know how much of this I want to be my identity. I just, I really, I I never got a chance to be a fucking comic ever. Um, except for like, yeah, there was a little bit, but once I got, labeled political and um and that's what people liked about me i was like all right well i guess that's what i talk about um and so there's part of me that just wants to be a comic again i know that would be harder or it's going to be a harder road than just going 
you know, again, down that sort of like alt-righty trajectory, but I just want to be a fucking comic. And so, but I was going to do Edinburgh and I decided, uh, I decided not to, what the fuck are you talking about? Why am I even bringing this pansexual. up? Pansexual. Uh, pansexual, wokeness. Um, Ruining movies and a little even. stinger missile that distracts you from the. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. And there was part of me that I was like, it, it's so weird to be making my comeback, I guess, you, uh, under a Trump administration when suddenly everyone is political and me being like, so I'm back and let's talk about like nuance and moderation and like <laughs> gray moderation. areas and conversation. Gray areas. But like the more, yeah, Bill Hicks would be proud. And, <laughs> but the more I think about it and the more- How I do talk, they have a tiger on Tony the Tiger <laughs> on Frosted Flakes? That is the most scary animal in the world. <laughs> I, I literally did that, like did like a sophomore, uh, stand-up comedy sophomore more year yeah. joke about Tony the Tiger to the group of friends the other day. Yeah. And they're like, actually, that's a really interesting. And I was like, that's yeah. a good take on I it. I go, yeah, that's why I don't do that. Oh my God. My first like applause break joke was like a, ma- a really long map quest joke. Um, <laughs> and, but, but the more I talk to you and I still hang out with people who are like very connected to like, um, democratic politicians and are in the woke scene and tweet about feminism and all this stuff. And like, all of them off the record. Like when some of the more ridiculous stories like get put out or like the Aziz thing or, or just like, ah, uh, this is fucking ridiculous. This is yeah. fucking ridiculous. And you know, I had, thank God I had a woman who spoke at the woman's March call me after my shit happened. And I was like, here we go. I'm about to get like a bunch of shit. And she was like, this makes my job harder. Like when this shit happens to you, because then all these sexists and all these people get to go, uh, you know, take real cases and equate them to, you know, stupid shit. Um, but it's, it's, it is the weird thing is like all of a sudden like guys like Aziz and you and, and everyone that's not a bad guy, but does, has been vocal about equal rights yeah, yeah, yeah. is almost, which should be like a good thing. The alt rights, like fucking let's take them down or even the fucking, yeah. like I'm always blown away and maybe you can help explain it to me a tad bit when like feminists go after Lena Dunham, like, because I understand why the, I understand why the alt right goes after Lena Dunham. Yeah, of course. By the way, I, I don't, I don't have a dog in this fight, No, but like, but I'm always fascinated that Lena Dunham's in a weird ways burned all her bridges. So they call it like white feminism. Um, and, uh, this is, this is so, so, okay. So I think what happens on Twitter too, and I was guilty of this is I think it's almost like, uh, like hipster activism, right? So it's like, okay. Uh, so Lena Dunham comes out and she says, this is all hypothetical. She says, uh, we have to support Rose McGowan and then people retweet Lena Dunham all day. And then part of the progressives go, well, they're all tweeting Lena Dunham. How do I, it's like in high school, right? How do I like, Oh, you like Dave Matthews. I only like the live stuff or like you like the live stuff. I only like the bootleg. Why is Dave Matthews? Um, I, but, but connected with me very all right, quickly. Good, 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 yeah. I think that's why. All right. I was know that audience. And, uh, and so they're like, Oh, you were offended at Rose McGowan. Well, I'm offended at Lena Dunham only bringing up Rose McGowan. Who's white. And then someone else has to go, Oh, well you guys only, you know, why aren't we talking about the transgender community? And they get raped more than anyone. And it's like, 
all of those things are valid, right? Like we talk about white victims more than black victims. That's Transgender true. people um, are uh, more often the the targets of violent crime than like perpetrators. They're not sneaking into bathrooms. They're getting assaulted more, right? Yeah. Um, these are all true things. But what happens in fucking Twitter is no one actually cares. They're just trying to be the wokest person on Twitter. The so it's like person on Twitter. where it's like we don't need to talk about like transgender. That's an important issue. But we're talking about Rose McGowan right now yeah so like don't undermine what she went through to like prove that you're more woke or whatever so i think that's the lena dunham thing is you have a white girl a white mouthy girl who got very famous and very successful and instead of a lot of liberals applauding that like i fucking loved girls um there they will find ways to be like well you know she's racist or uh and just kind of she's just regular we, just like Aziz she's just, just regular. like you she's just a regular person we just eat our own and yeah. that's the thing with the left is we just in order to seem sort of the most progressive we have to cut away these other people uh, it did I did find it very curious that it seemed in the news they were only showing um women it was it was interesting to me because i had a theory yeah i had a theory that david that dave Chappelle shared by the way i just had this thought that i never was going to say on stage i was never going to say it on stage but it did seem in the media that it seemed like only white women were speaking up against white men that there were no black women speaking up against black men Mm. and i was like one of two things is happening either black men don't ever sexually assault black women which i think is not real yeah or I go, I wonder if it's black women don't tell on black men. And that comes from old slave mentality of like, don't, you don't ever rat out, no matter how bad he is, the mask is always going to be worst. And what? Dave Chappelle shared that on a special. Yeah. And I went, when he said it, I went, fuck. I would never have the balls to share that on stage. I would never fucking ever try to ever intellectualize slavery or the, yeah, what yeah. happened in slavery. But when he said it, I went, I went, dude, that's why he's the fucking greatest. God, that belly room show, man. Was- it's, it was awesome to watch because that's how, by the way, that's the only way I've ever seen Dave, Dave Chappelle. Me too. So did we miss each other? I I started at the, I handed out flyers at the Boston. I'm the reason you handed out flyers at the Boston. What the fuck does that See mean? See the flyer right there? Or- Over to the left. Uh, the Boston Comedy Club flyer on the poster. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that the one you handed out? No. Okay, uh, so. Ours were much grosser. I gotta go look at that while you talk. So. That flyer was the flyer. Um, God, Bert. That was the first. That was no. I'm I'm certain Neil Brennan worked the door. I don't think he barked. I think he was there at the very. I showed up right when he was maybe leaving because I remember uh, nervously seeing him. No, 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 no. He so so I worked the door at the Boston Comedy Club in 1997. Okay. Um, in 1997, 98, and. At that time, you either you just worked at that club, or you or or you could be this guy Louis Schaefer. Louis Schaefer would go in, he'd open up the club. He went over to England and ended up doing a career. Yeah, yeah I've seen his. He'd like, open the club, there. he'd play some music, and then he would bring in people. He'd bark. And was this the Barry Cat stage? This you were there. Barry owned it. Okay, so I never met him. And so I. I called. I mean, I've told the story before, but I'll tell a very bridged version. Yeah. On my 26th birthday, my dad said. Uh, 
you're a piece of shit. He called me in the morning and I answered Great. the phone. He's like, you're a piece of shit. I'm embarrassed of you. And to be clear, uh, a couple of minutes ago, you said you didn't have dad issues. I, yeah. By the way, I'm a hypocrite. That's all <laughs> I am. I'm just a hypocrite. Great. But he's, but he, but he was true. He was accurate. I was yeah. not doing anything in stand up. I was hanging around. I was drinking. Yep. He was paying my rent and I wasn't doing, going after my dream. He's like, listen, in a weird, like throw of his hands, I'll pay your fucking rent. You want to be a rich party boy? I'll pay your rent your whole fucking life. And just amount to nothing. Dude, that's fine. I fucking ruined you. He really, I've talked about this speech a number of times on this podcast so i'll save anyone who's heard it before but basically said i, I fucked up you're nothing you'll yeah. never be anything you have no humility you don't know how to earn anything uh, you're a party boy whatever yeah and then i said i thought you're gonna say happy birthday to me and he was like <laughs> i was my birthday he's like i perjured myself in court today i the judge asked how you're doing and i oh, said I've heard you tell yeah yeah so oh. so i said how do i fix this he said you go to that club and you said you'll do anything to get on stage whoa so i went over to the club that night on my 26th birthday, I did not go out and party for my birthday. I went over to the club. I went over to Louis Schaefer and I said, I'll do anything to get on stage. And Louis said, <sighs> move back to Florida. And so I went back. This is my rock bottom. I went back and good story, the next man. day called my dad and I said, I told you that's not how it works. He goes, no, it is how it works. You're just not hungry enough. You don't know where your hunger is. You need to go back to that club and you need to say the same thing to him tonight. And you need to tell him, I will be here every fucking single night of my life until you give me an opportunity. Whoa. And so I went back that night and I said, hey, Lewis, Burke Kreischer, I'd like to get on stage. I'll do anything to get on stage. And he was like, didn't I tell you to move back to Florida? And I said, listen, yesterday was my birthday. My dad gave me a fucking break off speech. I'm fucking, he told me I need to come here every night of my life until you give me an opportunity. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be here every fucking night. And I'm going to ask you every night if you can get me on stage. I will be a thorn in your, and he just goes, fine. And he handed me a flyer. Oh that was not God. the flyer at the time. Yeah. He handed me a flyer, which was very similar to that. And he said, hand these out. And if you can bring in 20 people at, at, on, in the room, I'll let you go on stage. I was like, for real? He was like, yeah, you'll go on right before Godfrey goes on, but I'll let you go on stage. Holy and so shit. I went out and I had never barked. That night, Patrice O'Neill, Bobby Kelly, and Jim Norton were sitting yep. outside. And a beautiful, and I had just gotten Patrice like used to sit on the, uh, there was like a, a, a little like, uh, little uh, like planter. next to, yeah, there was a little yeah planter box out there there was a stoop and then there were a fire station next door yep he was still sitting there when i was there and so and this beautiful girl walked by and one of patrice's favorite things to do was cat call <laughs> yeah he's like damn bitch you got a fat ass and the girl was like oh my god and walked past him <laughs> and i'd never witnessed cat calling in my life right i grew up in florida yeah, the, yeah. The proximity just didn't work you guys just kidnapped women yeah yeah <laughs> we kidnapped them. yeah exactly <laughs> and so i said to patrice i said i do, and by the way i don't know patrice oh Oh, God. Like, and I said, um, I'm handing out flyers. And maybe he had seen me around, but we didn't know each other. Sure. And I said, well, why would you say you have a fat ass to her? And he was like, he was like, bitch, that's how, but you, that's how you holler at a bow. You know, fuck. And I was like, oh, I think Patrice. it would work better if you like just asked them out on a date. <laughs> and he was like, what? And Bobby and Jim are just giggling. And then this girl walks by. I go, watch. By the way, I'm fucking 26 26, yeah. And I go, watch. And so this girl walks by. I go, um, you look like you've had a really rough night. Um, how about I treat you to a glass of wine? And she was like, huh? And they just start laughing ridiculously. <laughs> She's like in a suit, like a, like a, like like a, a looks like a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah. older than me, but just beautiful. Yeah, sure. And she goes, um, no, and just kept walking. <laughs> and Patrice goes, I told you that lame shit wasn't going to work. <laughs> and she comes back and she goes, you know what? I'm going to take you up on that glass of wine. I'd love to have a glass of wine. Whoa. And I looked at her and I said, I can't. And she went, what? I said, my, I just got my job, dream job. Like I want to, I just, I can't. And she went, what? And Bobby and Jim and Patrice were like, 
Are you fuck? She's gorgeous. Oh my god, Bert. And she was like, they're like, what? And I go, I just got a job having, handing out flyers. I get to go on stage tonight. Like, no, this is my dream. Like, I can't. She was gorgeous, and she was like, uh, okay. And she turned around, and Patrice like, bitch, I'll get you drunk. She's like, no thanks. Kept <laughs> <laughs> and so I've never heard that part of the story. Yeah, Holy so, shit, that is so and good. So I kept. Where I got on stage that night. I got on stage early because Karen Bergreen got on, and there were these four Puerto Rican guys. One of them was going to prison the next day. That I'd, of course, I had brought them into the club. I would bring in everybody <laughs> that club. Yeah. I would bring in everyone, and especially NYU kids, because they were like, do they ID? And I'd be like, uh, I'm the guy checking IDs, so no. Nope. And so we'd all underage drinkers. Oh right? yeah. This leads into an interesting story of why you barked at that club. Okay. Yeah. Okay? This is. I am, I'll, I'll explain to you, and I explain this to Pete. Um, Pete Holmes, who I barked with. So, so, uh, so I would fill it with NYU kids, and that night I filled it with f- these four Puerto Rican guys, one of which was going to jail. Okay. And I was like, "We'll get you fucked up. Cheap drinks. Go to the baggot after that. There's chicks down there." Yeah. Oh, and the Karen Burgreen oh comes God. off stage, and she is crying. And they just heckled the fuck out of her. And Lewis Schaefer sticks his head out the door and he goes, you want to be a comic? You're up right now. Holy and I go shit. on stage, these four, four guys that I had brought in, free tickets, and they liked me, but they started heckling. And one guy said, son, and, I, and all, I, all I remember saying was, I go, hey, in my act, when it says the stupid Puerto Rican talks, I'll point to you. <laughs> and the place went nuts. Holy shit. And, I, and his buddy goes, hey, and I go, I'm sorry, your bike's still outside with the delivery you're supposed to be taking on it. And I've been watching it this whole time and I'm done. So you might, I'm not out there. You might want to go get on your bike and finish your delivery. And everyone laughed and these guys got pissed and they got up and left and the Whoa. crowd went nuts. And I, and I was like, yeah. And then I didn't have any jokes. I didn't, couldn't tell a joke. Oh I didn't have God. a joke. And I got off stage and Lewis was like, you're good. You got a job every night. Be here at seven. You'll open up the club with me. We'll put the tables together and then you can go on and I'll give you like 20 bucks every for at the end of every night. <laughs> Holy and shit. So then I now mind you, I was, by the way, I apologize if I'm being super, I'm telling my stories on my, on my podcast. No, this is, so, I'm very so, into this. So then I was filling it with NYU kids. I'd bring in the same, probably 30 kids every night. Yeah. And they, and they loved it. They're getting to see Chappelle and fucking talent yeah. and fucking DC Benny, Jordan Rubin, yep. Bobby Kelly, Pete Corielli, Judah Friedlander, Dave Chappelle, yep. Dave Attell, uh, fucking Jim Brewer, Jay Moore. Dude. They're getting to see these fucking amazing acts and they're getting drunk and no one's carting them and they know they're not getting arrested. They have a f- free place to drink. And then I'd go on. They loved me. I was yeah. the guy that got them in for yeah, free. Yeah, of course. Got them hammered. We'd all go to the Bagot. They're only a few years younger than me and we'd all party until the fucking sun came up and it was all like, almost like, a, a, like these kids would come by every fucking night. Hey, can we go in? I'm like, yep. And oh, then, so, yeah. My, and the, oh, the Baggett, dude, I've never been more nostalgic. I have not talked about the Boston. Patrick and from the Baggett Inn. I, I missed that guy. I got into a bar fight my first night working at the Boston. Some dude just fucking charged me and I like flipped him over my shoulder and he landed hard on the ground. And then I looked up and Carson Daly was like sitting there with the dude. And both of us were just like, hello, Mr. Daly. And then we shook hands and then we got drunk together. Like me and so, the, like, it, yeah. So, so time out in New York. That picture right over there. Yeah. Party's over. Yeah. Time out New York. Um, here's that that they come down to the club. One this guy, I forget his name, John is written up there, and he sees that I'm murdering at the end of the night. Yeah. And he was like, I read your article in Rolling Stone. I want to write an article about you. And I was like, Great. And so he writes this article about this guy who's just 
whatever. Now he's this one guy. Now he's yep. a stand-up comic, and it's working. Will Smith's company sees that. That article comes out, I think, on Tuesday. Jeez. Will Smith's company sees it Wednesday. Jesus. I get a phone call Thursday that I'll be performing Friday night for his company. Oh, my God. I perform Friday night, and I get a six-figure deal. Jesus I'm Christ. I'm working the door, okay? I'm working the door. Yeah. And Barry's like, Papa, I think... <laughs> I think you got to keep working the door. I think this is a story. I mean, my door guy, I am, I got my door guy a fucking deal. Yeah. Can you fucking believe that? So he put my face on the flyer yep. and he was like, he was like, this is fucking amazing. Bapa. So I go to LA, I get, I have a deal. I moved to LA. I have a, I'm staying at the Universal Sheridan for seven months. Gee, and this is all within a year, six months of doing stand up. Holy shit. Bert. I then get, I get a deal six months in it's fucking across the board. People people hate me, but if you're younger, you're like shit. I gotta get a job working the door. Yeah, yeah. So I go back to I go to L. A. I go to on tour with Patrice and Voss and and Ben 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 Bailey oh, in in Scotland. We do the Fringe Festival. Yeah. I come back from that, and by the way, I can only get on stage if I work the fucking door. I have a fucking deal. Still right. And so I go back, and I and I go to work the door. And, and by the way, I'm probably passed. I go to work the door and there's seven kids working the fucking door. And I'm like, I'm like, I come back. And by the way, I don't think I went to work the door. I'm thinking I'm exaggerating, but I go back to the Boston comedy club after a year in LA, a tour in Scotland. (laughs) I did a showcase in, in LA and I got a TV show and another deal. And I come back to to New York and there's seven kids working the door. And I go back in the corner and one of them's like, bro. You're the reason I'm working the door. You got a deal. Shit. How do you get a deal? Like, what did you do? What did you do? How and do it, you get a and deal? because I got a deal working the door, all of a sudden that became an avenue in. Like, like you know, it's like they, they say: once you see the path in the, once you see the path in the, once you see the path in the grass, everyone sees the path. Right, in the grass. right, right. You got to right, be right. the one that no, you didn't see the path. See, I was fucking resentful. I didn't get the bird story. I would stand on the corner across well, it from was, that. It was, it was the mentality of the time is that no, everyone. Ben Bailey and Jordan Rubin and Judah Friedlander took me out to dinner, not dinner, but drinks at down the street one night and said, don't work the door. It's not the way to get into this business. Yeah. You're going to be looked at as a door guy and no one's going to ever think you're a real comic. And then I got a deal and everyone worked the fucking door. That's so interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I was definitely like the bitter dude who was like, I oh, should, I used to like throw out my flyers on the corner and then go down to the cellar and watch. I remember like my first... <laughs> My first week uh, was when I saw Attell at the cellar. I was supposed to be handing out flyers, and I snuck down to see Attell. And I will never forget this joke. This must have been like, yeah, 18 years ago. Oh, no, it was it was when Insomniac was big. Yeah. Because they introduced Dave Attell. It was the first time I went down to the cellar. No, me and my dad saw Chappelle there. It was the first time I went to the cellar by myself for just like a regular show. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they go from Insomniac, and everyone like freaks out. It's very happy. Uh, Dave Attell gets on stage, and he goes... Uh, he goes, so uh, did you guys see Miss America last night? And everyone's like, woo. And he goes, or as I like to call it, night of a thousand cunts. Bombs, yeah. nothing. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, too offensive. Night of a hundred cunts. <laughs> and he just lowered the number. Night of a hundred cunts. And I was like, you're the best comedian on He's the He's the greatest. I could do a podcast where we just, I was, I literally was thinking of doing a podcast where people just told their favorite Atel stories. <sighs> He was the first guy I I asked advice for, which was a mistake. He also, I think, was the reason I got into Montreal, where he was at my stand-up New York. Because the only time I would play clubs is when I got auditions, because I wasn't past at any of them. So I did my Montreal audition, or my callback at stand-up New York, 
and he just went right up to Robbie and was like, you're going to use him, right? Like, and I was like, oh, like, holy shit. Like, and, uh, but this first night I went to the stress factory, uh, and Atel was there and it was my first comedy show. And I specifically wanted to see Atel and I knew I wanted to do comedy. And I was like, oh, I know what I do. I sit in the front. Uh, and then he sees me and then we become friends and he takes me on the road with him. Like all all done. That's how you become a comic. Easy peasy. And so he, I was smoking cigarettes. You can still smoke. And, uh, he did, uh, he bummed cigarettes. I was like, I'm the guy he's bumming cigarettes from. So I was like, fucking, this is even easier than I thought it would be. We already have like a, a, a repertoire. He used to have this line. I don't know if it was stalker because I smoked American spirits and he was like, I'll trade you for them. Like some like Indian chip. Yeah. And, uh, and so I go up to him in the back. He's just sitting in the back of one of the like round tables of the stress factory smoking. And I was like, Hey man, I was like the guy with like the cigarettes and you know, do you have uh, do you have any advice um, to start stand up? And he just goes, he just goes sit in the back. <laughs> And that was it. It was quiet. Which, by the way, the most logical advice I've ever got. Yeah, yeah comics in the, in the back. back. But that was it. That was my that's advice. My, that's my problem with um, like the outrage culture and progressiveness is that David David Tell is easily one of the most insightful, heartfelt, sweetest guys in the world. Yes. Yet what he talks about on stage completely fits into the outrage agenda. Yeah. Like the things he's said on stage are sometimes God, he would get crucified yeah yeah and 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 that's part of the reason where he's like why he's like i'm i'm fucking done i don't want to be a part of this you're making it making it no fun he's still like but we'll do like clubs to like his audience though, right he's doing, he's doing clubs he's still doing clubs we did me and tom did a podcast so did a podcast with him and part of him was like i'm fucking done i got one more special and i'm fucking done i'm out this is your fucking torch to carry oh, Jesus. and uh, both of us and tom definitely has gone on with that tom does not give a fuck dude i saw him for the first time like live at the ice house trying out new stuff it was incredible he's he does him and delia are teflon yeah they just don't care yeah they're just young enough that they they are part of that culture and they realize it but they don't give a fuck like delia Dalia tweeted a guy today. He was like, uh, and that's why I'm a millionaire comic. <laughs> and the guy was like, oh, dude, the fact that you even replied to me means you're a fucking loser. And Dalia's like, no, bro, I enjoy doing this. This yeah. is what I enjoy. If, if you see a guy hitting tennis balls, do you make fun of him? Nah, I'm just hitting tennis balls. <laughs> oh, with you, bro. Jesus. Or whatever he said. But it was, I was like, I was like, fuck yeah, I don't do that. No, <clears> I can't. If I, if I come back at somebody and say something shitty and then they come back at me, I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, I meant to tell you that. Uh, so on Twitter now, you can set it to if you like still want to talk to your friends and shit this is what i do you can set it to you only see replies from people you follow so literally anytime i get a tweet it's just going to be good news it's going to be one of my like friends or a famous person Ooh, that's pretty nice um and then the other thing you can do which is if you still want to see some of your fan stuff kind of um, like it's kind of like living in a white neighborhood though a little bit so <laughs> what i did now so i changed it to hey, you i can, don't know what you're talking about crime I, I you can change it to uh, only people who follow you because usually the people who are just gonna randomly shit on you don't follow you. Mm -hmm. So I have it set now so it's just people who follow me that I see so I can still like talk to people or whatever. But yeah, it's the move. Um, Let's see if let's see if I got. What the fuck was I gonna say? A tell man. Yeah, tells the best. I'm getting a lot of tweets. Oh shit. God, if he stops. Oh, oh, dude, I hope you're all you're okay. Oh, oh, it's because I tweeted Leanne um, tearing out. Uh, by the way, now now I'm looking at. 
I'm looking at oh fucking fucking why this is what's unhealthy is fucking Segura tweets something shitty about me and then people don't know, read the comments people like know that he reads them and makes they make them laugh and right. so then he they all just fucking they double down on. yeah and then I and then I'm like mm-hmm. that always happened to me where it's like it's like like someone would like call me like a fag and then like at like you know Joe and it's just like you know Joe's probably not going to see that and take you on the road with him right like yeah there's it's yeah I'm like I felt it was one time this guy like lights me up for Segura and I'm like and then I was like hey man do you realize like he's my best friend like you yeah like, all the time he's like my family bro we're gonna he's gonna call me tonight and and I'll bring this up and he'll not like you immediately <laughs> yeah. like you're a fucking idiot like and and by the way and they did that to Segura when when we did the fashion meet. Some people were like, "This is too far, Tom." I feel like going, "No, he's my friend. Right. This is my friend. Like, un- enjoy us being friends and fucking with each yeah, other, yeah. and enjoy. The- and you can shit on me, and you can shit on him, but it better be in good spirits. That's Once you what, get mean, yeah. both of us are gonna be like, "Fuck you," and we'll both block. You. I mean, I've started to be as someone who's been on like the other end. Like, whenever I get shit now or I see people on Twitter I'm just like I know for a fact how fucking miserable you are and I'm just gonna sort of feel bad and like walk away because once you start to obsess about like who the fuck does this why were you fucking why doesn't he fucking say it to my face like dude I've had phases where I'll be like I will give you the address to my gym where you can literally sign a waiver and we can fight and then I'm just like what am I doing like I just need to go like live my fucking life there was a guy who I got into a, a, a dust up with yeah um and I, I don't, all I know is that I tweeted something shitty back to him but I was drunk and yeah. <laughs> and he came at me and then a bunch of his fr- friends or fans came at me and um and I then I was like why did I do that that was shitty and I apologized and he apologized back yeah. and me and him were cool and uh and then his next tweet after our apology was like um was the next morning and he was like i've been off my meds for about a a week now and i'm just don't feel a point in living and i thought i was like that's who i interacted with yeah like i I interacted with someone who's going through mental health issues which i'm not going to stigmatize that but it definitely is not a sane place to argue from you know either perspective me to him and definitely not him to me well also like imagine like i mean that's a huge point i mean that's where i was when i got all these like twitter storms and stuff and like having that moment and again maybe this is narcissistic to even think like people are thinking about me man the best thing anyone ever said to me was that like all the time i know this i know this statement barry Katz said this to me keep going where you think they're thinking about you when they're not they think about their own shit yep barry Katz. i I bombed one time and i was like i need to get back on stage i need to get back on stage in front of those executives and he goes papa i think you're highly overestimating how often people think about you yeah man He's like who have you been thinking about all day and i said me and he went that's who they're thinking about you're totally i walk into a club and i'm like everyone's gonna think this about me no one even notices no no, or they're nice. Yeah. Um, and then here's here's another thing. When you get into Twitter, like me and you disagreed fundamentally um, at the time um, on like the Tosh thing. If, if we just fought on Twitter, 
knowing what we know now, knowing that we have so much shit in common, knowing that we would become like good friends that like, um, we have all these like weird insecurities that we like line up on. No fucking way. It would just be like this dumb, neither of us would see any humanity in the Mm -hmm. other person. Um, and that's what fucking happens. And now that like being off it and being forced to interact with comics who I thought fucking hated me, dude, I'm like such a fan of Moshe, like hearing him on podcasts and I just assumed he hated me for either reason. I'm like, Oh, you could be on either camp that hates me. You could be in the progressive camp that thinks I'm a fucking creep, or you could be in like the camp that thinks Joe still doesn't like me. And I saw him the other day at the store and he was like, Hey man, I heard you're doing like roast battle, like skank fest. And I was just like, I really like your stand up. Like, and yeah. it, it's just like, are you doing roast battle skank fest? Uh, I'm doing it against Nick Mullen who used to harass the shit out of me on Twitter. Really? Uh, so oh, that's awesome. I, someone bailed. Uh, I saw Lewis tweeting. Someone bailed. I've never done a roast battle, but someone like canceled on Nick and they were like, Oh, he's too afraid. And I was like, fuck it. And I just sent like a bunch of like sunglass emojis. And Lewis like texted me frantically. We was like, are you going to do it? Like, we were like known as like enemies. Really? Um, yeah, I've never met the kid. I heard he's actually very nice. Um, but he used to just harass the shit out of me on Twitter, and I was like, "Yeah, you fuck should it. do some roast battles in LA while you're here. like, well, like leading up to, to almost it. warm up." Oh yeah. Oh, I don't know how to. Uh, uh, just uh, just hit up Brian Moses. Oh yeah. yeah okay. So when you see Brian at the store, say, "Hey man, I'd love to get on some roast battles." I'll, I'll introduce you if, oh, if fuck on, yeah. like Tuesday nights is when that, when I see Brian is when they're there. Yeah. That's when I'm normally doing spots. I'm taking the week off Yay. for mental health reasons. Oh. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I'm right now. I'm just burnt. I get burnt doing jokes. I know that work. Yeah. Meaning like I just go, I, I lose my enthusiasm about them. Yeah. That, that actually happened to me last week. And I was like, was this joke ever good? And then I'm like, no, I just think they can tell I don't give a shit. Yeah. And so I don't want to go to the store and just do the same, same mashup of, of, uh, of what I'm doing right now. And I want to write more. And, and the store is not the, is sometimes it's for me it's it's a fine place to write yeah but things are so hot there They're right so now that you're like the even party is like fuck let me just write on the road yeah but my, mostly i was like i don't want to do spots i want to relax i want to enjoy the girls i want to be a dad full-blown week Dude, and then i great. do i'm doing cluster fest this weekend so i'll do su- a show sunday yeah that's why i wrote you and i'm like hey are we still doing the podcast because you look like you're just having such a wonderful vacation that i'm like oh i don't want to make you have to fucking podcast the next day no no uh, I, no i do i do I, I'm, I'm being dead serious when i say this I, I was I've been looking forward to talking to you on the podcast. I enjoy you as a person. I enjoy you as a comic. I enjoy your insights in the world. You've got you've you've you know you you you've in in this is an overstatement an over uh, uh, simplification of of what you've been through. But it's almost like you've been through social war. Like you've seen things that other people don't see and you've had insights on things that I think a lot of us, including myself, don't have. Yeah. Um. And I think, I think that, I think that, I think you're a super valuable voice right oh, now. Thanks, man. And I don't, and I think for you, I, I'm, and I think that you're just getting from going to where you went from being from where you've been and going to where you've been and now where you're going right now. I'm like, like I said, in a weird way, I'm not, I'm not jealous. I wouldn't want to have ever have to have walked a mile in your shoes <laughs> yeah. this past year or two years. But man, I do look at it and I, and I enviously and I go, Man, great things are to come if you can if you do if you do this if the healthy way, yeah. the healthy way. Yeah, you, great things are to come. I hope so, man. And like you know, and I'll, I'll finish the circle jerk and say it about you. I remember when I was thinking about uh, doing Doug's show. Um, Sarah Klegman, who used to work for your management company, was letting me like crash on her couch, and we were talking about you. I think she like set up the Amsterdam, um, but she was with Levity, yeah. and uh, uh, she was at the Amsterdam show, and I was like. 
I was like, man, Bert's going to be there. And I was like, I want to read. You were the first podcast I started listening to when I was like, I want to get back into comedy. And it made me like comedy again because even in those alt rooms and, you know, it's, there still is some of that like open mic posturing shit that happens where it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, we don't laugh at this person or we're shitting on the popular guy, you know, like everyone will like, let's shit on Dane Cook because he's like the popular guy or let's shit on whoever. And, uh, I think what I loved about your show the most is just like, oh, you just love comedy. Oh, yeah. And uh, and actually my first, this is very esoteric, but uh, my jiu-jitsu coach, Joe talks about him a lot, this guy Marcelo Garcia, my first coach in New York, like the best in the world, just tiny guy, beating everybody, like Damian Maya, Shield, like the best people in the world he's just walked through. And uh, someone interviewed him once and they're like, what makes you the best? And he's like, I love jiu-jitsu more than anybody. Like it wasn't like a workout this hard, like my diet. He doesn't do it. He's like so funny. You say that. It's so funny. You say that I, I have been chewing on a thought yeah. since yesterday that is cause I've always shit on hard work. Yeah. yeah. I've always shit on hard work and, and expressed that luck is what gets you there. Sure. But then yesterday I had this real weird epiphany in that I work insanely hard, but I don't, I've never looked at it as work. Right. So like, I really don't see it as work. So like, I, like I look at like I, you, I, when I lost weight, I was, well, I was from unhealthy brain habits, but like, <laughs> but like when I got in shape, it was from hard work. Right. I can see that because it, it looks like work to me. It's work. You're sweating. Comedy You're, is not yeah. fucking work. I am on line all day when it comes to comedy podcasts. Yeah. Uh, thinking of thoughts. I'm all I'm doing right now is thinking of a funny thing to shoot. Or I, my brain's always going about comedy. I probably work harder at comedy than any comic in the world. I could say. Yeah. Because I never stop doing comedy. Right. Oh, I have well, no hobbies. I have no habits. I just think comedy twenty four hours a day. I think comedy podcasts, I think about what I'm, my business or whatever I do all day long. I'm obsessive about it, yep. but I don't look at his work. I go, well, what else would I do? Yeah, man. Oh, when like the comedy store will like post them on their Twitter, like, you know, look at these guys, like look at the dedication. They did three, the, the three rooms in one night. It's like, oh, you mean the fucking dream? You mean yeah. literally walking the stairs to do your dream? Like, fuck yeah. That's yeah. amazing. You know how much fun that, it is to go work? to the comedy store and do work? Just pop it's, up. You know what work for me is, is not doing stand up. Yeah. Like this week will be work. Spending time with my family will be legit work for me to, <laughs> to be like, all right, so we're not doing anything. Cra- I got no punch to the end of the day. Yeah. I don't get to go out to the fucking patio and take a one hitter off my Pax vape pen yeah, yeah, yeah. and giggle with fucking Hinchcliffe or Red Band or Tommy or fucking anyone. Just be- so, before you go to bed, make them all clap for you. Uh, yeah, I get no, night. I get no applause break. No one comes up and says, I want a picture with me. No one, like no one's <laughs> triply doesn't pull me aside and go, I like the new bit and I feel verified. Yeah. I don't tell a new bit and then wake up in the morning excited. Like, so you're telling me I won't get that this week. Yeah. This will be hard work. Yeah. But I, but I, I'm, I know what I'm doing. Oh, it's great. I almost didn't say it. Cause I'm like, who wants to hear a fucking jujitsu comedy analogy? But no, but it's, it's so true because I don't think like guys, like, I don't think Eddie Bravo looks at jujitsu as work. No, man. I think he, he goes, it, it, you definitely, there's parts of stand up That's a job that you, where you go, I just, I definitely like when I wake up at six in the morning and, and I have to fly, that's yeah. where I go. Okay. This is this is a job can I tell you though man even when I was doing it and again maybe this is because like I lost it all but I remember and I haven't talked to him I tried to shoot him an email but I remember doing featuring for Eddie Ift at Go Bananas and I remember that fucking plane ride I remember that like 
extended stay hotel they put you up at. Yeah. I remember getting shots bought for me. Like Eddie and I like traveling to another city to like meet some girls like afterwards. And like, we probably shouldn't have been even in a car and like, and just being like, this is what comedy is. Dude. And like, I like the airports. I like, like even that stuff. I'm like, Oh, I'm still getting paid to go do the thing. I mean, I don't now. Uh, I will again. Um, but yeah, that shit, man. It's like, it's kind of the, yeah, it's the fucking it's the, dream. It is. And to have I, that I, and this life too, man, like you figured it out. I got into a, I got into an excursion, uh, a Ford excursion, um, limousine the other morning at like six in the morning after not sleeping. Yeah. After literally kind of done my meet and greet at two in the fucking morning, going over, going and hanging out until three, going to the hotel, packing, sleeping for 30 minutes, getting up, not feeling good, getting in the back of an excursion Escalade and there is still a part of me that goes, oh, neat car. Fuck I yeah. can't believe I get to ride this. <laughs> yeah, man. Can't. And then I'm flying first. Oh, you know what? We'll have a cocktail at the airport. Yeah. This isn't going to be that bad. Yeah. I can't wait. Well, Ben, hey, thank you for doing the podcast. Dude, let's, thank let's you do, so much. Let's do another one in like a month. Always. And just keep in touch. I'd love and, to. Yeah, do you mind? Yeah, I'd love to. I would absolutely um, love to. Yeah, okay, can I be honest with you? I, I was too nervous to... I didn't know if you'd want me on your podcast, so I totally thought we were doing my podcast today. Oh, no, no. And I, like, so I'm like, I brought my little laptop and my computer, and then you set up the mic, so I'm like, oh, I'm doing Bruce's podcast. It's pretty Oh, neat. yeah, no, of course. Of course, I um, always want you on my podcast. Ooh, can I plug my podcast? Please. Um, so it's called the Jamie Kilstein Podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to it for free on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, and yeah, it's great. It's it's really not political. Like, even like, I had like Mobion, who's so political and all we did was talk about like our insecurities with women and like Kat Von D's doing it and now I'm having a ton of comics on Tripoli was my first guest He's great. Uh, Tripoli was my first guest the night he did mushrooms um, and he was just yelling at me you're a comic now you're free you're a comic oh, uh, so yeah I just talk about all this bullshit and insecurity and the fan base is cool so it's just Jamie Hilstein podcast fuck yeah That's bro it. I'm Thanks, very happy brother. for you oh man thank you so much This episode was brought to you by The Machine.